With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, we've got two words for you. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOC Nation. I got that nerd rage. Nerd rage. I got that nerd rage. Gentlemen and ladies, it's that time of the month where I can play a I can play a Bond villain, and it's that time of the month. Like I said, so we are spewing the blood of nerddom all over the place, and then we need you, our audience, to be our tampon to stop up all this geekdom that we're going to spew. Like we do on the last Wednesday of the month. It's that time of the month. It's not Shark Week. It is Nerd Herder time. My name is Craig Legans, And with me, as always, is my favorite married couple, Damian Dragon, and his lovely wife, future author, and celebrating her 903rd birthday, Foxy Foxy. Salud. And Dan Calachico. So, uh, we're starting off. Uh, we wow. have a, a great deal to talk about um, since it's been a month since we last saw each other, and it's that time of the month again. So, uh, obviously, things have gone down uh, over the past month that we need to cover. So, Davey and Dame, you have the, uh, the, the, the list of goodness. I do, I do. So, uh, right. let's get to it. Let's jump in with both feet. We, we just briefly got to mention my my current age of 932 years old because I think the 908. Whatever, 900 plus. Because yeah. it is rather funny how, ladies and gentlemen, listening and watching this morning, a Twitter <laughs> follower that I follow and are mutual friends with asked the Twitterverse to drop him some songs that would cheer him up that you like. So I immediately went my go to. And I suggested Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, Good Vibrations. That song always puts me in a good mood no matter what. To which the follower then said, I'm going to have to look that up. That's a little before my time. Ouch. Oh. oh. 
the huge manatee. My God. <laughs> I've never minded my age before at all until that tweet. I'm like, well, damn. The best thing, it was first thing in the it morning was. while I was still working on first cup of coffee. It was. Before your time with this person, 12. I don't know. I've heard of it, though. I'm like, oh. Oh, my God. You said it gone a step further. Did you know Marky Mark was Mark Wahlberg? I know, just, right? Just to no, see. Don't, don't blow their minds. Don't give them too much, okay? <laughs> let, him, let him see for himself. I feel right. they still haven't come down from Mark. Wait a minute. Mark Wahlberg was a rapper? What? <laughs> yeah. Had a Calvin Klein model? Yes. It reminds me of my 12-year-old boss. Well, she's 25, but she was my boss at the time. I told her about I was I was wearing a shirt that was too big for me, and I said it remind if I look like Tom Hanks in the last scene of Big, and she says, "What's big?" Oh, not I never saw it. Not I never. It's what's big. Oh so my I, God, Fox! I feel your pain. It never it it always hurts. It still hurts. I'm so sorry you had to go through that, but. Welcome to AARP, okay? <laughs> you got plenty of room for you, all right? Exactly. All right, so I've got, like, kind of a smattering of news, some in relation to others. Uh, some some will be like, you know, hey, we're going to only cover this particular point of it because we're probably going to get into something about it later, yada, 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 yada. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, first interesting little tidbit that was out early this month was, okay, um, a lot of us saw and kind of got excited by the new, um, I think we had even mentioned it the last time we were on, was the Marvel, Marvel Lucha Libre Funko line mm-hmm. and everything. Well, there's actually more to that now. There's actually more to that because Marvel slash Disney is actually looking to, do, to jump into the world of wrestling if a collaboration between Marvel and Disney and AAA goes well. Okay. Okay. And, and, and the thing is, it's like, obviously, because of the costumes and, and the way AAA works, you know, the transition is easy. It works. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that have never followed AAA or don't go as far back with AAA wrestling as I do, <laughs> and that, this actually wouldn't be the first time they've had, like, Marvel characters or anything like that. They used to have, like, a group that was kind of like the X-Men, one guy dressed like Wolverine and everything like that. You know, of course, under different names, whatever. But this is like actually Marvel and Disney's legit jump trying to get into the wrestling industry. And what better? I honestly think what better way to do it than with like Lucha Libre? I think that's the most fitting route to go I agree. in terms of like the color and the stylizing and and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And you have masked characters. You know, they pretty much portray the superhero characters in AAA. And luchadors have always been seen as superheroes. They they wear the capes, they wear the flashy types, the bright colors, you know, the masks. So they're built as superheroes. So that's that's a great marketing move. Absolutely, absolutely. So just that's more just Marvel Disney just trying to spread that branch out. Yes, because Lord knows they need the money. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah, right. Totally. <laughs> so that's that one. And then, and then, you know, as if I wasn't like excited about like the Funko line as it is, because you know I got the Deadpool. I was at the Deadpool one already. No, you. What really? you? <laughs> no. no. I would have never picked. Just, just a thought. Just a thought. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, that was kind of cool. <laughs> you, think you, you think you know a guy? Yeah, right. right. Exactly. It's blowing my mind with these new things about you that I should have known all my life. I know. I know. I'm blown. Like, yeah. Nobody. I'm blown too. <laughs> 
All right, also, moving on, in this month, of course, we had our annual N7 day. And um, yeah. the discussion and teases and rumors the day before, which we kind of knew what it was. And on N7 day, they dropped the teaser trailer for Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which is basically going to be the remastered original, original trilogy uh, that will not that – is, that is the cool thing that they're doing. They're not just making it for the next-gen consoles. This is actually for, like, I would say current-gen because, you know, next-gen just came out. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, for us po people that can't afford the rest of the words on <laughs> – letters on that word. You know, we're po. Yeah. So it, it will be on Xbox One, and it will be on PS4, but as well as your newer systems. Um, I am – we're excited about this, and I think I have expressed this more than one occasion throughout the entire history of Nerd Herders, how much I love this franchise, and it is the ultimate game out of all of my life gaming. This is like the ultimate gaming franchise for me. I just finished, I don't know, my how much, how many number of playthroughs? My least or six, my least fifth or sixth playthrough of Mass Effect 2 just this week. Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow. So they can play the remastered edition and make the same exact decisions he's made all those other times. No, that's but with better graphics. With better graphics. Like I'm actually intrigued to see like how it good matters. the graphics. It matters. Oh, I know. Okay. Oh, I know. But not for nothing though. I mean, I mean, I mean, Dan. I mean, Craig. I don't know if you played Mass Effect at all, but like Dan, like I don't know if you jumped back anytime recently on one of the Mass Effect games. Like more specifically, like, I would say like two. Like though, not great. Like, the graphics still kind of hold up and look better than some of today's modern games. I was going to say, the, the – the, I'll compare it – I'll make a comparison when I'm finished. Uh, it, it still looks very good. Um, it's, it's one of the few games where I've played it without a remaster and hasn't felt like I took two steps back and I'm like, what the – this looks like crap. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it looks very good, and it you know it helped that you had a team that gave a shit <laughs> about the game. Uh, the other one I noticed, uh, we're talking about remasters of some of my favorite games, was the Batman Arkham series. They remastered Arkham, uh, they remastered Asylum and City. And the thing is, and and people took this as a like, well, you must hate it. I'm like, no, you don't understand. The remasters look amazing, but they looked so good mm -hmm. in the first yeah. place. Like, I got the remaster for the frame rate. I wasn't expecting – there are certain things that I'm like, wow, that looks amazing. But the level design and the way it looks were so not dated that there was very little difference. Mm -hmm. I mean that in the most positive way possible. If you ever see it, if you haven't gotten it and there's a cheaper version you can get of the uh, Arkham remaster, get those games because I've I played those as much as anything else that I've replayed. I've replayed Arkham Asylum like six times and City four times. Mm -hmm. And, and, and uh, Mass Effect, that I, I purposely play Mass Effect over again just to make uh, bad decisions uh, each time. Well, other cool tidbit with that legendary um, remaster as well, they've actually brought in veteran game developers on this one. So people that worked on the original trilogy are working on this. Thank you. Thank you. I have, mm -hmm. I have very little issues now. <laughs> and, and again, you know, like, again, and that's where Andromeda fell off, and she and I were like, I, I say it every time, but it's, it's the, like, this one, like, again, you can't, like, the writing on Andromeda was so 
off. Like, you didn't care about any of the characters. You didn't like any of the characters. Mass Effect, like, you cared about every single character. You cared if they died. Yeah. Like, you, you know, like, you loved the ones you wanted to love. You hated the ones you were supposed to hate. Like, it was like... But that also such good. It was in the writing. It was so good. Writing aside, Andromeda's voice acting didn't do anything oh, either. Oh. Everything was so reflection. <laughs> there was nothing to go. Oh, so you care about me in this statement, or how do I respond to this? The voice acting was just. I mean, shoot. I mean, how many people out of Andromeda came out to be like, you know, nerd celebrities? versus, like, Mass Effect franchise where everybody's like, Mark Mir? Yes. Or even <laughs> just the names of the characters. It yeah, or the names of the characters, yeah. Like, I, how many characters I remember Adronima coming up and there being no buzz, no discussion afterwards. Um, I saw gameplay on Funhouse. Uh, like, they did it once or twice. And I usually am a guy that's like, I don't care what the critics say. If I want to play something bad enough, I'll play it. Yeah, there was yeah, yeah. zero appeal to me to ever put money into Andromeda, and I really wanted to. I I had it ready to go, and then I bailed on it. And I was just like, you know, I'll give See, me the. I, I was, I was I mean, like, give me the remaster. I'll be happy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was Uber. I mean, Dan, you 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 see firsthand. Oh yeah. Between the Jack tattoo and Paragon Par- Paragade logo here, my 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 final wrestling gear was N7 armor inspired. <laughs> you know, our like our cat is named after a character. So yeah, I'm a little mass back crazy, but yeah, it was definitely disappointing. But nonetheless, and the great thing is, it's coming out in February of next year. Not that far away. Just don't get, so you can just don't get sick. Or you can play it during the third lockdown. Yeah. Oh, no, the vaccine, will, the vaccine will be out by then, so they won't just lock down. They'll just like, oh, oh no, 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 Not available. Not available. Not until April. Oh, that's right. You're, it's and not available to us peons yet. Yeah, only the first responders, so I still got time. <laughs> anyway. Making Pre-planning is always a good thing. Exactly. That's called pre-planning, man. I, got, I guess still got a stack of stuff to do that I still haven't gone through during, uh, uh, you know, lockdowns, which uh, I'll get hit about event one day. There'll be no problem over here. Anyway. How many rooms I have half-painted right now? <laughs> yeah, at least my rooms are painted. Yeah, mine are half-painted. All right. Well, keeping with the video game feel, which will then actually bleed into our next topic afterwards slightly. Um, now, I don't watch the promotion. It's nothing personal. Again, it's just it's kind of like, you know, just don't have an interest. But the first teaser trailer for the AEW video game came out. Now, as a nostalgic video game player, and we've talked about, you know, Ukes and THQ and No Mercy and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's on point. It's there. It looks amazing. Like, it definitely looks like a fun, fun video game. They kept that style. They kept that feel. They modernized it a little bit, but it's altogether still there. So I'm sure you guys saw the AEW video game trailer, so go. I, I did not see it. And, you um, did not? No, but if, it's, if they use any of the same engine from SmackDown or Shut Your Mouth or uh, Warzone or any of that any of the last, you know, WWE uh, uh, games, I'm I'm all on board. I'm not an AEW well, fan they, at they all. Use the, um, they use they use the No Mercy engine, okay, which is the best one. Yeah, they, they use the No Mercy one, 
Mm-hmm. They modernize the look a little bit, and they have the actual game developing teams from those involved with this one. Okay. Very good. Uh, I can actually comment on this. Go ahead. Believe it or not. Please. Oh, we want the woman to uh, comment? No, I'm kidding. Go. Absolutely. Uh, while the game itself sounds awesome, mm-hmm. that's not going to make any money until years down the road. Yeah. Because? because they're banking on nostalgia of people that have played No Mercy back in the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quite a few of us, but you have a new gaming audience out there who isn't about nostalgia, who want better graphics, who want all these new 4K things. And the bells and the whistles, yeah. Yes. Then there's also the fact of, you know, you're at the end of the day still a relatively small company. You are not a WWE. When TNA put out their video game, it sold poorly because you're not WWE. Yeah. It's not a game for the casual wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. Casual wrestling fan are just the ones that watch WWE or will pick up something that's like, oh, a generic wrestling game on Steam. Cool. I'm all about that. This is something that appeals to a very small market Mm -hmm. because it appeals to AEW fans, but even smaller AEW fans with the nostalgia of a very old N64 game. Yeah, which is which is funny you say that because the reason why they rent that route is because um, Kenny Omega, Cody, the Young Bucks, they're all old school gamers. So, of course, you know, they went that route because that was their favorite and that's what they wanted to see out of and it as well. Know, so you're right. On one end, that's great. You got, you got to put out products that you want. That you yourself would love. Yes. However, yeah. video games and wrestling are a broad market. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something I'm unfortunately learning at this very second when it comes to marketing, okay? You need a bigger niche for your brand because right now you're just catering to a small percentage of that brand. So kudos to them. Mm-hmm. But that's a game that will hit bigger in about five, maybe even ten years from now. It's kind of, it'll kind of be like a sleeper classic, a lot like the one uh, AAA Lucha Libre game that yeah. came out. It didn't sell – they didn't make a lot of copies of it, mm-hmm. but it turned out to be a lot of fun oh, because God. it ran off the same engine as the Impact one, but then people saw how fun it was, and everybody went running out to try to find it, and it was impossible to find. Or even Fire Pro Wrestling. Or Fire Pro Wrestling. Yes. I bought that AAA so, game day of, and I was like, oh, my God. So, I mean, kudos I, I, to them. I also wanted a counter-argument. I was very disappointed that nobody brought up this game, uh, which is arguably miles away from No Mercy. In English, please. And I don't have that one. It's I'm miles away. I'm gonna get oh oh the reveal's kind of what it is. I know what it is. I, I know for, what it is. I, I went for Craig. That's that's kind of racist. No, <laughs> this is the game that I thought was better than No Mercy, and right on par with my love of uh, NW WCW NWO Revenge NWO Revenge. This is Virtual Pro Wrestling Two. Okay. And this was the uh, this is the game that came out the same year as WrestleMania 2000 for the N64. This is what everybody else got. Um, Dude, you bring, Man Cave Visits, you're bringing that. Oh, we're demanding now. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll bring it. Oh, plan a week here. That way, you guys can do your thing. Y'all can record it all for Twitch. Do episodes of everything. 
No, but this has got, like, this game has got, like, Vader, Terry Funk, uh, New Japan stars from the day. It's got Great Muda. It's got uh, Liger. It's the roster on it. uh, It's got uh, Terry Gordy in it. Terry Gordy was dead two years when this game came out. Um, Yeah. This game has got a roster that will rival No Mercy and WrestleMania and Revenge. And the replay value, just because of who's in it, yeah, I have this sitting. I'll play this once a week. It sits in the N64. I'll switch out to Revenge sometimes, but this one sits in there because I'll be like, I'm not tired yet. Play Boom. But, Craig, um, real quick, in terms, since you haven't seen the teaser yet, mm-hmm. definitely check it out because the way they presented it was actually really cool. Kenny Omega came out literally dressed as um, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. And then every person that came out to talk about the game was also dressed as Steve Jobs. Like everybody was dressed as Steve Jobs. With all, and they like they did the mannerisms and the whole thing. It was actually a really cool little presentation that they did for it. Okay. Because you said so, damn, I will check it out. But you love me, Kenny Omega. So go ahead. Definitely, definitely check it out. All right, moving on now, since we've jumped into the wrestling thing, we've got some little wrestling tie-in news bits here. So I'm just going to talk about this headline, but Miss Foxy Foxy has more of the details on it. I do. Um, unfortunately, uh, during this month, we also saw a second WWE female um, go through um, a stalker experience. And literally within this year, fuck you, 2020, and everything like that. And, of course, that was uh, Paige. So, yeah. with that being said, um, go. I mean, the the situation, while unfortunate, was, um, I guess, fortunate for Paige herself in that um, the stalker was caught okay. by her boyfriend while trying to get into the house. This was after a series of random gifts popping up at their house, as well as flowers and <clears throat> letters and such. Um, which, I mean, it is, this has always been a problem when it comes to celebrities and sports stars, especially women, but, like, it's something that's becoming way more prevalent. I'm not sure if it's because of so much access to social media or because people are getting so technologically savvy that they can just, you know, find a Snapchat location and just drive over there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Do you think it was one of those situations <laughs> where it's like, the guy, like the guy saw like what had happened with Sonya Deville and was like, well, if he could do it, I could do it better and not get caught. It's possible. I mean, people are just at the end of the day, just falls into the fact people are delusional, you know. And in like I said, with I want to say in the world of social media, but that's not entirely true. With the way celebrities and wrestlers and sports stars are now, they try to provide a transparency to their fans. Where I was just like you or I am just like you I'm a normal person this is my real name and that transparency is their worst enemy yeah right now you know in, in them trying to show I'm just you know an ordinary person this is my house this is my real name it's like it's opening them up to the the downsides of celebrity dumb yeah where it's it's, it's kind of like that double-edged sword was like you know kind of like you know you know, certain celebrities are like, wow, they relate so well to their fans. They're so good with their fans. They're so personal and everything like that. But then, of course, then, like you said, they can come around and bite you in the ass. Absolutely. It's like opening a uh, it's like opening a gun store. You're going to – when you open the doors, you're going to get people that are, are there for, you know, a specific reason. But you're also going to let in a lot of nutcases, too. 
And mm-hmm. you can't really discriminate because they're just going to come in because you're you're letting them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah. it's always unfortunate in any type of stalking situation, male or female. But And I do totally blame social media uh, for this and Twitter because we, we've never had access to so many celebrities now. Any anyone you ever had a crush on or or thought was cool, you can now talk to them on Twitter, and they may even talk back to you. Yeah, you know, never had that before. I, mean, I want to partially blame the pandemic slightly for the this increase, mm-hmm. only only because of the fact that you know wrestlers and like I said, celebrities, actors, and singers typically they're on the road yeah. all the time, so mm-hmm. they're never really at their home kind of like you know maurice and miz they've had their house broken into twice while they're off the road on the road yeah you know whereas now everybody's home so they're more prone to these things happening Mm -hmm. and yikes yeah exactly yeah i mean (laughs) just big yikes yeah definitely but i mean thankfully again thankfully you know her boyfriend was there and things turned out you know on on a good note on that one, and it didn't get as didn't get as crazy as unfortunately Sonya's situation had gotten, you know. It still highlights the. I can't even think of a word strong enough I want to use here. Um, the nonchalant not giving a shit about mental illness in this country. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, it, which I put along right alongside with addiction of. Uh, right alongside with addiction where people are like, well, you know, just don't – just get better. Just get over it. Just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just get help. Well, that's not how it fucking works. Yeah, and exactly. there is a big – I mean, just look at – I love watching Urban X videos. And just – if you look at how many um, um, abandoned mental hospitals specifically – that are still standing, and then you look into the stories behind them. I mean, we've come a long way from the early 20th century, even to the late 20th century, to 2020 as far as mental health goes. But the barbaric way that most people were treated just for having a, for being different or having issues, um, it, it's amazing to me how. Uh, I, a country can say that they care so much about the other people, then immediately dismiss them because they might have a little quirk or might have a little issue. That could be easily just not easily, but if you just reach out to somebody, yeah, exactly, seek help, or you help them get help, which could cost a fortune, which is another rant I won't get into on this podcast. Um, could be. It's just it's staggering to me how mental health is still treated in this country. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I hope he gets help. Yeah, you know, I'm, glad, I'm glad Paige is okay. Uh, Paige, uh, I have this whole thing about Paige anywhere where I think wrestling fans don't deserve her. We've spoken about this privately, yes. Wrestling fans do not deserve her after what they the way they've treated her and yeah. her choices, which had nothing to do with you. Had no, she wasn't sleeping with you, pal. Joe Boy. That's why it was a problem. Oh, is that the problem? You think magic? That's why it was a problem. She, she meets you. She's gonna go. You know what? Yeah, well, I'm gonna sleep with you. Um, that, 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 it's all good. That is always the problem. I hate you because you won't sleep with me. Yeah. If well, the thing. Same with Flag. That's why. That's why I hate Craig. Yeah. Wait, but Foxy, is that why you hate me? 
No, I just made that joke, Craig. <laughs> okay. I did it first. Oh, okay, I, okay. I did the joke this time. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. Dan wins. I, I, I went to Craig, and I get ignored. <laughs> God damn it. No, I just – Yes, yes. That whole yes. thing with how people treated her on Twitter – it's like, well, she shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. What? Yeah. Guess what? Your mom was a hoe and so was your dad. Bam. They said, we spoke about this privately. We spoke about this once on Hell in a Cell. Oh, honey. God, the, hip- the hypocrisy about fucking is amazing. On to the next thing. 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 Still in relation, kind of, sort of, to wrestling and everything oh, like that. Christ, really? But that is the thing. <laughs> I use all of these wrestling news tidbits to find a way to plug my own shit. There you go. Yeah. So, we I still got to look on that bell sound effect. Oh, wait, wait. I got it. I got it. Hey, Foxy, would you happen to have any uh, uh, instances of this kind of issue that you'd be writing about? <laughs> 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 Yeah. Okay. Anyway, nine oh two one oh comes to the rescue of wrestlers. Sort of. Okay. Sure. So basically, out of the Zelina Vega thing, which again, we're not going to oh. get, we're not going to get into. <laughs> you see what I did? Uh, see what I did? See what I did? Yeah. I got it. I got it. Choking on coffee. Great, we killed him. Great. Yeah. Not in my book. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> The closing. Anyway, um, so we're not getting into thoroughly into the Zelina Vega thing because I promise you during our main topic there will be room to get into the Zelina Vega thing. Plus, also, again, I know you guys covered it on Hell in the Cell, mm-hmm. uh, so which obviously people should be listening to um, anyway. regularly. Anyway, so anyway, so for those of you that don't know, um, Gabrielle Cateris, who um, was Andrea in 90210, Yes. Is currently the president of SAG, yes. which is the Actors Union. That's right. Uh, okay. After what had happened to Zelina Vega and everything like that, um, Gabrielle actually went out, and she didn't just put this out to WWE, but she put this out in general to wrestlers. For any wrestlers basically, you know, needing help or seeking some sort of representation or whatever like that, since you're not considered athletes, you know, like the NFL is the union for the football players and NBA is the union for basketball players, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Well, wrestlers, since you're no longer considered athletes and have that kind of union, you do fall under media entertainment. Mm-hmm. Sports entertainment. So we'll be more than happy to talk to you and help you in any way that you're looking for. Actually, Zelina Vega and her did have a conversation. A conversation. And apparently, like, Zelina hasn't gotten into any details about it mm-hmm. or anything like that because, again, she's got nothing bad to say about the company. Uh, but apparently the conversation was a very good conversation, but there's no details out other than that. So, you know, unfortunately, through this one unfortunate circumstance, like Zelina said, her mm-hmm. her unfortunate circumstance may finally do what like people like Jesse Ventura and Bret Hart and Roddy Piper all wanted mm-hmm. for decades. This falls under a bigger umbrella too, because prior to the election, um, Andrew Yang, I believe is his name. Yes, he's, uh, he he was very pro because he's a wrestling fan and very pro wrestlers getting unionized. Unionized, yeah, and yeah. you know we're all fairly certain that he's going to be put into the position that he had wanted under Biden. And so if that is the case, he's going to be fighting for a lot of wrestlers and a lot of people just see this as WWE, but no, this, this would fall under all quote unquote independent contractors, just like 
you know, our random friend that does voiceover acting here and there. He's listed under SAG. Therefore, an independent wrestler that works one Saturday a week can mm-hmm. still also fall under SAG. And, ooh, what is going on with our cat? The cats. Hi, Kasumi. You okay? But, yeah, I mean, you know, it, I mean, it would change not just the mainstream wrestling companies, but wrestling as a whole. Yeah. I mean, you know. Big picture, people. Bigger picture, and again, I'm not going to get, because this is actually a topic that I could go into with you guys on a wrestling thing, on a grand scale, from my, like, near 20 years experience, things that I've gone through, things that I've seen happen to other people, and everything like that, where something like this was so desperately needed, and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, unfortunately, we didn't have it, so hopefully something like this happens, but yes, so just, and pretty much this is a developing story as it goes. I I just love of the of the now to end of paper is like the president of SAG. Like I know of all people, like the president of SAG. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I knew it would be my girl uh, uh, Zuckerman. Uh, real quick, I just because uh, I don't want to. I, I want to do what Damien said and do a whole other thing about this. Um, Danny said something I was going to touch upon. If you have one line in a production, you fall under SAG. It was interesting to me. I mentioned this on the wrestling podcast. And I'll, rest, I'll mention it now that the week that Sasha Banks was on the Mandalorian with her real name. And I was like, hmm. And I, it occurred to me, I was like, oh, she's SAG after now. She's in one episode of the show, she's SAG after. Go ahead, Craig. Yep. Exactly. Uh, piggyback on what you guys said uh, really quick. Um, you were surprised that Gabrielle Tartaris was the head of SAG. Former former president of SAG uh, was Melissa Gilbert. Really? And also, yes, and Ed Avner from Lou Grant. Ed. So that was all good. The, only, the, uh, the other thing that, that I found curious about this was Gabrielle Carteris reaching out to Zelina Vega, which is great, but curious that she didn't reach out to Jungle Boy since Gabrielle was so close to her father. Hmm. So well, not to say that she couldn't. To ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> not to say she, that she couldn't. And we did touch upon this on a, in a previous episode of HIAC about uh, unionization and uh, how Jesse Ventura and Sergeant Slaughter were big proponents of that back in 1984 at the, the height of Hulkamania. And, I mean, uh, our good friend Vito, you know, v- Big Vito is Vito. still fighting the fight this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think when when Andrew Yang gets his eventual position under Joe Biden, like you said, Foxy, it's going to be very, very different in the landscape of professional wrestling and unionization. I, I, my final point, and I'll let you move on, Damien, and just to, yeah, yeah. We, could, we could dig into this. Uh, hey, why don't, you come on, why don't you come on next week? Um so my big point was, uh, you know how much I'm a proponent of uh, indie wrestling promoters being held accountable. I'm just saying, I, I, listen, I don't want to see, let me preface, I don't want to see anybody out of business. I want as much wrestling as possible for as much workers as possible. I absolutely do not want to see any company die. However, I do want to see some accountability uh, past the commission, because the commission only does so much. Like in DC, in Virginia, the commission in DC, the commission, it was like you couldn't. It was uh, every, complaining at the same time, going, "This is what how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be scrutinized, and it's supposed to be gone over with a fine tooth comb." Period. Uh, indie wrestling will change if a union steps in, and it, it will change for the better. I, 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 I will say this much, and, and again, we'll move on real quick. You, Me, you, and Craig, I got to actually tell you guys, when I started indie wrestling, 
that's when the athletic commission mm-hmm. was still involved oh. <laughs> wow. with New York wrestling. Uh-huh. And we will have a chat of how different it was when I started and how hard it was to get started on the indies and then how it transitioned. It's That's the conversation. It should be. Also, the reason why I never started working in New York City until the commission was listed. Ah. Ah. <laughs> the does thicken. I told you. I told you I'm going to do this. <laughs> I will find a way. <laughs> anyway, all right, so moving on, getting off the wrestling stuff now, moving past the wrestling stuff, moving past the wrestling stuff. Okay. Aww. Actually, well, the next part you're going to love. But I need to. I'm sure you'll try. Actually, you can get the bonus. You get the bonus points if you find ways to segue your book into things that have nothing to do with wrestling. Got it. I want to put Damien to the fire. I want to hold his feet to the fire and say, is there actually bonus points involved for your wife? I, Somehow. We, I'm going to hold you accountable to this. Ten million points to go to This is on Twitch. I'm making a note. All right. Anyway. All right. So, um, much to the delight of some people, because, again, we missed out on the newest season that would have already had happened and ended by now of American Horror Story. Mm. We actually got our first picture teaser for American Horror Story Season 10. As well as. Uh Getting there. Okay. Getting there. Now, the teaser <laughs> picture is kind of interesting, um, if, if anybody else has seen it, uh, other than the two of us. Um, okay, it's like a close-up of, like, it's like a dentist working on a mouth. A mouth, you know, yeah. literally looks like a clown slash Pennywise's teeth. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, what's going to be the theme on this one, you know? Okay. Den- dentistry? It's That's scary enough. Well, yeah, like, there was definitely a dentistry, but like I said, the... the because it was the all you saw was the dentist hands, you know, right. with the gloves. The gloves even looked a little glittery in a sense. Mm-hmm. But the mouth was literally it was like white clown face paint, and the lips were red, and the teeth looked very, you know, were all razor sharp, very right. similar to like a Pennywise. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, where's this one going? You know, because like you know we had a, a, a uh, American Horror Story Roanoke, so you knew it was Roanoke. American right. Horror Story Hotel, we knew it was that. You know, yeah. What is this one? Like always, I was like, I, dentist, dentist hands, and what seemed to be Pennywise, Pennywise's mouth. This can go anywhere because if you recall, the poster for American Horror Story: Cults, which was season seven, mm-hmm. was just a face that looked like a beehive. And of course, before the title came out, everyone's like, okay, maybe it's fears, worst fears. And while that was a backdrop, it was entitled Cult. So this could mean so many other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All we do know about the season is that Macaulay Culkin is in it, yeah. as is Kathy Bates, and they are lovers. Yeah. Well, Macaulay Culkin and Kathy Bates as lovers. That's scary enough as it is. They could just call it that, and I'm already <laughs> scared. Or if they really want to scare us, uh, American Horror Story, uh, American Horror Story DMV. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that is the American Horror Story. I'm telling you. Macaulay Culkin can't handle Kathy Bates. Come on now. No. That woman is a national treasure. Exactly. Now, that wasn't the only bit of American Horror Story uh, news that we had gotten that day, though, because a little while after the teaser poster, Mm -hmm. it was also announced there is going to be a new related series called American Horror Stories, which is basically all individual episodic stories. That's it. So it's like it's not going to be like a whole season of a story. It's literally one-shot deals. Okay. So, yeah, we're getting a whole new spinoff series called American Horror Stories, as well as American Horror Story 10. 
Okay. Now, are these are are these going to be on all on FX, or do we have to pay, are they uh, on a streaming service? Um. Uh. Well, season the the official full on season is uh, is going to be uh, on FX. I believe the other one it was also going to be on FX. Okay. And it was taking the place of um American Crime Story, which is what would usually come on the following season. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I think it's crimes for this guy to write about just yet. Okay. Okay. Now, to break the monotony of the serious stuff, I promise I have a what the fuck. Okay. I have this month's what the fuck, so I've got to pull up the details on this one in a little bit. Okay. So, again, for those of you not familiar with the WTF what the fuck segment, uh, once in the blue, there happens to be an article that comes out that literally makes us all say... What the fuck? Like that. So that being said, um, for you Mountain Dew fans, um, November sixteenth, it already came out, but um, there is apparently a um Mountain Dew cookbook out now. (laughs) There is a Mountain Dew. Go on. (laughs) Do Mountain book cook you say? Uh, there's a Mountain Dew cookbook. Um, all recipes are, and this is literally in quotations, are fan-made oh, and fan-inspired uh, recipes. I don't know, like that. Uh, but, yeah, it's a Mountain Dew cookbook. So I have here, um, uh, I have six of the, the six of the items that are, are actually in the book. And here you go. The first one is your... Badass dollar signs for the two S's. Breakfasts. Do lovers can whip up fluffy green short stacks and iconic green eggs and ham that are worth getting out of bed for. Oh, that's, oh. that's awful. <laughs> Next one. Dip in with the dew. Uh, MTN do salsas and barbecue sauces will be the real MVPs of any dish. Well, I'm going to vomit. Great. <laughs> do does dinner. Seriously, epic entrees like MTN do, code red, brisket, and MTN do live wire, brined turkey will have you calling for seconds. <laughs> Damn, look at he's about to puke. For seconds in the bathroom, perhaps. <laughs> seconds, hours. Yes. Okay. Satisfying sides. With snacks like jalapeno poppers and mountain uh, and MTN dew infused pickles, now you'll never have to choose your go-to party size and a can of MTN dew ever again. Thank God, because I was I couldn't choose between the either one. Can I can I can I stop you right there before all of us puke? Um, oh, there's two more. There's two no, more. Oh no, God. Do they have a dessert? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> It's funny you should say that. I at least want to hear a dessert. Because the next one literally says, dang good dessert. Dang. <laughs> if it's dang, you know that this was written like in if like you, someone's meth lab. If you thought you loved desserts before. I did. Wait until you try MTN Dew Cherry and Cranberry Pomegranate Fruitcake. Fruitcake's disgusting to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> Damien, I hate add, you for doing this, this. And add Mountain Dew. And there's one last one for you, and for you power drinkers out there and social drinkers, we've got one for you, too. Liquid Legends. 
Discover twists on classic cocktails and bold new creations like MTN Dew Slushies and Electric Lemonade that'll have you chilling out and slurping up. Can I tell you something right now, Damien? First of all, I'm not going to make any comment on what you just said. I'm going to I'm, <laughs> go, I'm bringing this up because this is my fault. I will this into existence. I don't know what cosmic forces are aligned, but I brought all this to your forefront because let me tell you something. I have a lot of good friends that like me and enjoy me. And one of my good friends sent me well, ordered me a case of my favorite beverage, which is vanilla Coke. Um, but there was a mistake in the shipping. I don't know if it was a shipper or Amazon or what, but hold on. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Well, while he's doing that, it's interesting that you talk about cookbooks because former WWE commentator Renee Young now has a cookbook out. This is, what I, this is what I got. Yeah. Instead, I got 12 bottles. 12 yeah. bottles. Not of not vanilla Coke, but Mountain Dew, Code Red. I had 12 bottles of this shit. Okay? By mistake. Fact <laughs> you got a whole dessert menu of Mountain Dew where Mountain Dew has never crossed my mind, my lips, my soul in 30 years. It's all because of me. I don't know why Mountain Dew is in my life. First, nothing for 30 years. Now, this week, and now you right now, Damien, have given me more Mountain Dew than I've ever had. I've got 12 bottles of this shit. But thanks to you, I now know what to do with them. Because you've given me so many handy-dandy recipes that I can just keep on having bottle after bottle. See, a bottle after bottle. Of Mountain Dew, so now I know exactly what to do with the Dew. Well, thank you. And fuck you, Damien. I remember growing up, I mean, one, I always hated Mountain Dew, too. I, yes. like, it was, I don't know, it was disgusting to me. But I remember I remember growing up as a kid, there was always a Simpsons joke. When the Simpsons went to New York, yeah. and, and, and uh, Homer's in front of uh, World Trade Center, and like that, and he actually has the hot dog, and he goes, oh, now I need something to watch this disgusting thing down with. And he goes, what do you got to drink? He goes, I have Mountain Dew and crab juice. He goes, ooh, yeah. give me the crab juice. <laughs> awesome. So, yes, that is your WTF for the month, Mountain Dew cookbook. Come on, Dan, I'm Mountain Dew all and over this one. Who drinks Mountain Dew when Mellow Yellow is this? I was I figured you'd be all over this one, Dan. Come oh, on. No, I don't know. It makes me. I, 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 I want to go wash my mouth with a wire brush after hearing all that. <laughs> my taste, my taste buds have been raped. My taste buds have just committed suicide. Arr, Mountain Dew. Arr, Mountain Dew no. bad. Oh Mountain Dew bad. Oh God, I love it. All right. Well, moving on. Kasumi, come here. I know, Kasumi. You got you got you got a brother on the screen. Yeah, Roscoe, come here. Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, it's been a while since we've done a book thing or anything like that, but occasionally a book comes down the pike that definitely interests nerds all across the board. I have a friend writing a book. Usually, you don't say. I, 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 I what? That's you crazy. Have, wait, what? Dan, you, have, you, have, you have a friend? <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck are you? All right. Well, um, you know, 
uh, movie lovers, actors, Harry Potter fans, nerds alike, uh, all, you know, love and still miss Alan Rickman. Uh, and I like that. You know, it's, it's, it's not a Christmas until Hans Gruber falls off the Nakatomi building. And I like that. Yes, yes, I heard that. But um, for those of you um, that are interested, Alan Rickman, uh, during the course of his, his entire career, I actually wrote Diaries. Uh, 27 volumes, to be specific. Oh, wow. 27 volumes uh, of diaries, to be specific, that he intended on releasing during the course of his career uh, that involved his views on acting, politics, uh, Harry Potter, his experiences with Harry Potter, and a whole plethora of things. Unfortunately, we lost um, Alan Rickman way too soon. Yeah. But, however, his handwritten diaries are being published into a book, and I have the details right here. Mm-hmm. Alan Rickman's handwritten diaries are set to be published in 2022. Rickman began these diaries with the intention of one day publishing them over the course of his 25-year career. The actor wrote 27 volumes, which will now be condensed into one book titled The, Di- the Diaries of Alan Rickman. Great title. All right. Diaries share his thoughts on acting, his own, and others on set or on stage, stories from his personal life, his political ideals, the behind-the-scenes anecdotes, including stories from the decade he worked on the set of Harry Potter. So, again, if you are not a big book reader, but if you're a Harry Potter fan or an Alan Rickman fan, this is definitely going to be one to pick up. That's just unfortunate that they're collecting it into one volume because, you know... He, he, made, he made 20... They're going to leave us so like, much. I would love to, to read about when he was in Dogma. I would love yeah. to read about how he... Did all his research for when he was in CBGB because oh that's my favorite one of his like it's gonna be so hard. I to even wanted like hear about like you know because like Galaxy Quest was like such a left field thing for his career like what brought about him saying okay yes to Galaxy Quest even though Galaxy Quest is a good movie and has quite the huge cult following but it's like so yeah. different for him for him. But I I know exactly why he chose that role because he got to play a classically trained actor who got, you know, who who yeah. not unlike a George yeah. Reeves or someone that just did this TV show as a lark for a paycheck and now it subsequently ruined his life. And he was perfect for Well, that it was kind of like um well, it was kind of like the the actor that was in Del- Demolition Man uh, that played uh, Cocteau, whatever his name oh, was. Oh, Raymond yeah. Cocteau. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, he, he berated and butchered that movie and said he hated being there and everything like that, which actually kind of so, 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 slightly tanked his career. It was like, dude, you obviously did it for the paycheck. Get the fuck out. Like, nobody wanted to deal with him afterwards, you know. It was like, you prick. You just Raymond. Yeah. But, no, I'm – I'm definitely looking forward to the Alan Rickman book, without, dear, without a doubt. Dear Diary, a fat director from New Jersey keeps calling me, and I don't know why. I used to do that, though. Yeah. I'm no, no shit. Like, I used to, This is going to sound creepy. But those of you who know me know this is totally normal. So after, well, watching, the movie, after watching the movie Seven, right, mm-hmm. I decided I wanted to fill up a shit ton of composition notebooks and have them aligning my bookshelves of just, like, everyday thoughts and whatever, like the psycho did in the movie Seven, because I'm a psycho. And I actually did do that for a very long time. The books, were, like, had everything in it. And I started it, like, when I was 15 years old. And my cousin got rid of them all. Oh, oh man. Ouch. Including, like, starting wrestling, too, because it was the start of what I wanted to write about, because I was, like, keeping a log of everything and matches and dates. 
she got rid of them all because I had kept them at her house. Mm. And I then got accused of sleeping with her baby daddy, which I did not. So she tossed out all my shit. That whole okay. story is in my fucking Okay. What book? <laughs> I'm trying to get you yeah. to sell, damn it. <laughs> You're going to pick it up. Pick it up one day, I think. This is going to be the, my author photo in the back. Yeah. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> no, actually, your, your, your photo in the back is going to be Damien talking about Mountain Dew and you going. Yeah. Foxy, Foxy, caffeinated, dedicated. <laughs> no, it's going to be her. It's her picture is going to be like a motion video. It's like one of the motion pictures. This is just her telling her mom jokes to me as of recently. Yes. Aloha. <laughs> you had a, you had way too much fun on that one. You enjoyed that one way too Here's much. Here's the problem. Here's why. I knew it was coming after the first uh, sentence of the delivery. I'm like, it's aloha. And then, <laughs> and then as she says it, you, it, it, it's 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 not so much the line, which is a good line, and I'll fight. I'll fist fight a man who says otherwise. It's a double. It's a double take. It's a, it's this though. It's this is Damien. It's the. <laughs> it's the second where he has to think about it for just a, just a second. Then he, if, if, you, if you go back and watch the video, okay? So the moment she goes, <laughs> the moment, you know, I'm, I'm literally listening to her, and the moment she goes, the next time you talk to Kokoa, I went, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, in my head, I'm like, okay, anytime I've ever talked to Kokoa, she's never asked me to ask him anything. In the X amount of years that I've known him, why all of a sudden is she asking me to ask Kikoa something? So immediately like, I'm suspect. So, yeah, some, right away something was something's amiss. Something's amiss here. Something's going on. That, so that's where the mm-hmm comes from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, she's, she's going to something here. See, the, the trick to the, to the mom joke reaction videos is I have to space them out. And do it in a way where he doesn't know I'm recording him, because then he'll know I'm coming up. Which with basically, which basically, she catches every one of them. She catches me when I'm playing one of my app phone games. Yes. that's what she does. It's like if I'm doing one of my app phone, or I'm doing my logins on my games, or whatever like that, because I'm just trying to get them done. That's when I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm listening, but I'm just getting this shit done. And then yeah, that's when she catches me. Gotcha. Good timing. Oh, my God. Anyway, moving on. All right, this was something that we touched upon, uh, I want to, I think maybe our debut episode back or something like that, but now that we have more information on it. Uh, we had mentioned that um, they were trying to create a sh- uh, television series for The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The Last of Us has been ordered, for, uh, The Last of Us series for HBO yeah. has been um Cold has gotten an official series order. Uh, and apparently it seems like they're planning for the long haul on this one or hoping for the long haul if the ratings are good. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the way the article sounded, it sounded almost like very, like, almost kind of Walking Dead-ish. Um, not necessarily show writing, but, like, in terms of that longevity feel, like, longevity feel of, like, Walking Dead or Game of Thrones, it seems like that's what they're banking on. Because um, they said um, the, the first season is largely pretty much straightforward based on the first game. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and what they're saying is the hope is if it does well and it runs long enough, that's literally what it said in it, it said in the news. If the series runs long enough, uh, they are looking to delve into the events of part two okay. of The Last of Us. So yeah, they're they're looking for this show to generally be a long running, long standing hit like a Walking Dead slash Game of Thrones, which HBO has yet to kind of obviously well. Obviously, because of COVID, that's changed things because that's halted the the prequel series for Game of Thrones and everything like that. But they're they're looking, I guess, to fill that long series void uh, of of a television program with with uh, Last of Us. Yeah, and, and I think the material is there if if it's adapted correctly and acted and acted. Yes, definitely. Because it is going to be live action, correct? Yes, yes, it is going to be live action. Okay. Which is which is definitely again. So like that's going to be interesting too. Is like you know who they cast to play these characters and everything like that. And again, you know if, if they're talking long haul from like Ellie in the first one to Ellie to part two. I mean that's quite a number of years to watch an actress literally grow up. Like kind of like like we watched the kids grow up in Game of Thrones. You know, we watched them grow up throughout the whole series. And so that's exactly what you're looking at to do last of us. Yeah, and the kids that we watch grow up in The Walking Dead too. How we exactly. About. Yeah. Exactly. But what they really need to do with this, with Last of Us, because it's so familiar, with, you know, anyone who's played Last of Us knows how familiar it feels to The Walking Dead. The, uh, on the only difference is the uh, the dead people run very fast. They really have to do a good job of differentiating these runners from the walkers. And obviously, you know, yeah. when they have. The clickers will be a whole different thing, and, and you know, the, the pods, you know, or the, the stalkers, you know, they have their own breed. They're very, you know, unlike the, the Walking Dead zombies, but having the, the, the main uh, dead walking folks, they have to do a better job of separating them from the Walking Dead. Cause yeah, because they, cause also very much like the Walking Dead, you know, the, the, the irony of the Walking Dead title is is the fact that when it says the Walking Dead, they're not necessarily talking about the zombies, they're talking about the living. Yeah. The living. Uh, whereas The Last of Us 2 is the same thing. It's this infection is technically kind of sort of the backdrop versus mm-hmm. the human things that are go- aspects that are going on. Yeah. But also it's like it, it makes you start to wonder if you've played the games – you know what kind of budget are they going to get for this? I mean, Walking Dead has a huge budget, but let's let's bear in mind, you know, they mostly deal with zombie makeup. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of traditional zombie makeup. Last of Us Two, the zombie stuff is not quite as elaborate because they don't really have zombies. It's kind of a mm-hmm. different thing. But then, like you said, then we have the clickers and everything. That's a big, huge overhaul of like makeup or CGI, whatever they yeah. plan to do. And we've seen some stellar work, like fan films uh, from different companies. Uh, I think it was Iron, Iron Horse did a fantastic. If you've never seen it, guys, there's a fantastic three-part um, by Iron Horse Studios mm-hmm. um, that did a Last of Us three-part of fan film, which they did a, a fantastic and amazing job recasting and everything. And they did everything prosthetically. You know, again, that's based around using one or two clickers and everything like that. But, like, mm-hmm. what kind of a budget? Are they going to get now? This has been called for a series because again, you know, we're talking about you know, and how often are you going to see a clicker or something like that? Plus, like, 
and budget would also be based off of how well either the pilot or the season goes because nobody really had faith in Game of Thrones season one. So that's why that's you know, when they threw more money at it, yeah. it. The wigs look terrible. The costumes are okay. And then once it started growing, that's mm. okay, let's put money into it. So it yeah. also really depends on how well the first season goes. Yeah. yeah. And also the budget will also depend on the location, what made Walking Dead uh, yeah. so successful. Is they, all, mm. they shot it all in one city, in one place. And, yeah, you know they they had the one backdrop of Atlanta and that was it. But with with Last of Us, if done correctly, you have several sprawling city landscapes. You have Seattle and you have the Pacific Northwest and you have yep. in the Pacific Ocean and uh, several major cities to deal with. So it depends on. Unless how they do the thing that a lot of series do now is like a lot of them get filmed in Canada. A lot of movies and series Vancouver, are filmed in Canada. yeah, definitely cheaper mm-hmm. to do. Right. And everything, but yeah, I mean, Last of Us television is there's obviously no release date or anything like that for it yet. There's just a call for a full series order. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely on board and excited for it. Uh, this is probably the first like show announcement of something new that I've seen in quite a while that I'm actually like, okay, yeah, I'm really excited for this. I, and I really keep my fingers crossed this one actually pans out. Like, I'm really, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this, and I really hope it works out because I'm looking for, like, kind of a good new drama. Like, I've gotten heavily mm-hmm. into Lucifer, but Lucifer is kind of, you know, there's still, it's, it's funny and everything like that. Like, I'm looking for something on that Game of Thrones, little grittier edge that I could take kind of seriously. Oh, so and watch. you want your heart broke? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Somebody say gritty? <laughs> Masochist. Oh, sorry. Bad things happen to Barry, it's you. What book? I think we found our niche. <laughs> what book? And, and that's and not for nothing. Her book is all about finding her niche. What? What are you talking about? What book? Where? How do I find that information about this book? <laughs> I need to hear that anecdote. Mon- all right, and the last news tidbit before we get into our main topic. See, I told you I really like delved way back. We had a bunch of stuff this month. Mm-hmm. All right, this one, this one's for Dan because I know Dan was excited about it because he mentioned it. We were chatting earlier today. Um, there is finally a decision and news on Wonder Woman 1985. Four, 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 four five, whatever. Yeah, is it a third one? Like, it's a movie from the future. What? <laughs> yes. Which is also from the past. <laughs> But no, Wonder Woman 1984 will be hitting whatever open theaters there are on Christmas Day. But also, for those of you that are just not too keen on hitting the theaters just yet, and understandably so, what they are also doing for one month only, for one month only, they will be streaming it on HBO Max in the U.S. as well, only for one month. So if you don't want to go to the theaters, you'll get to watch it for a month on HBO Max. And it seems like Craig's got a little bit more on this. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, Wonder Woman 84 was poised to be the number one movie of 2020. Uh, I, it was between either that or Black Widow. Uh, because they keep uh, just fighting about to decide what to do with it. They keep pushing back. But uh, Wonder Woman 84 is uh, going to be streaming on HBO Max, which is stacking up on the original series and first-run movies. Uh, really trying to get uh, a steady stream going. They've already got a lot of more new subscribers um, than they've had with uh, any other previous um, 
they put Quibi out of business and, you know, now HBO Max is... <laughs> yeah, they put Quibi out of business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure HBO Max didn't help. But dropping, but Wonder Woman will be dropping Christmas Day on HBO Max and, and like uh, Dame said, in select uh, movie theaters across the United States. Uh, it's And it... All, knowing all that, it could still be the biggest movie of 2020. Even absolutely. Really oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's late the movie in, yeah. in a way. Yes. Go back to the 80s, man. Go back to the 80s. My Go favorite year. 84, two, my favorite year. Two things. Um, well, three things. Uh, the first thing is, is supposedly the rumor is Black Widow's coming out on Disney Plus April 16th. Okay. That poor movie. That poor movie. Yeah. Uh, it'll be fine. Like, uh, it'll be fine, I promise you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll it'll get its just. I, I I absolutely believe it'll get its just too. Um, but I understand. I agree with you. God damn it! Of course. Um, I'm gonna get to my final point in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Wonder Woman. See, and, and it's strictly because because I was a little boy growing up, not a little girl. I knew very little about past the basics about uh, Wonder Woman. Apparently, everybody else saw uh, the Aries thing a mile away. Yeah. I didn't. I don't care what that makes me feel like, but when that fucking camera switches over and it's him in there, I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. And when he – first of all, that actor's in another great movie from 90 – It's um, I've shared the clip. It's a movie called Naked. It was an independent British film. Go check it out. I will send a clip that I always play about these end times. I that, saw it in a theater, Dan. You saw naked in a the theater? I did. Uh, you I, know what? I, the I, scene with the security guard I'm talking about where he's talking about all the prophecies and shit? Yes. Yeah, great scene, but his voice is so yeah, – I could not hear anybody else delivering this the way I could also not hear anybody but the actor, and I forget his name. I forget his name every time when she says, oh, you know, oh, no, the god killer, and he just – that is not – oh, my dear Diana, that is not the God Killer. You are. It's just, oh, my God, I love that movie. That being said, Kristen Wiig looks fucking badass in this movie, and it looks like, just based on the trailer, they got a good villain again. People complain about the end of Wonder Woman. Looking at you, Matt, in this chat, you bastard. Uh, people complain about the end of that movie being – you know, a long fist fight. I'm like, yeah, two gods fighting. What the fuck else are we here for? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was David Sulis is the David uh, Sulis. Thank the, you. Uh, the the actor, and he was also in season three of Fargo. He um, was in season three of Fargo. Yes. Um, no. Very good. I'm so excited. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, this, this is- this is kind of Wonder Woman. It's not really Wonder Woman related as it is Gail Gadot. So okay, oh, yeah, well, this Wonder. isn't either. I just my third point was. With the the rumors about Black Widow, and they don't fight for five fucking hours. It's five minutes. Shut up, Matt. You're banned. I'm blocking you. You're not. You're you're fired too. No food for you. You're fired. No, you're rehired. Um, the uh, it gives me hope that a certain other movie we've been waiting for that just got finished post production this weekend. And that is Ghostbusters. Of course. Because I'm not going to make it to June. I might kill somebody. I'm going to need this movie on demand. I, I told Kelly, I said, I will pay once a week to watch this. 
the month that it's out on video on demand. Just figure it a way out. And when you re-release it in theaters, when we can all start going back to theaters again, guess what? I'll binge watch it there, too. Just give me what I want. Well, I take it you're a Gail Godot fan, obviously. No, not at all. I don't think she's attractive or good at anything. Well, what if I told you? You you sold me. You take Gail Godot. Yeah. You take Dwayne The Rock Johnson. (laughs) Yes. And you take Ryan Reynolds. Uh-huh. And you put him in a heist film. In my bed? Oh, shit. Yeah, they're actually, the, three, the three of them are actually doing a, a heist film together. Gail yeah. Goodell, Ryan Reynolds, and The Rock. I just wanted to see the banter between The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, Rock and Ryan Reynolds is great. Well, yeah. and, uh, Hobbs and Shaw, 10 minutes in Hobbs and Shaw, you have uh, Ryan oh, yeah. Reynolds and, and yeah, The Rock. Yeah, three of them are actually doing a, a, a movie together, and there was a funny bit about that, because um, The Rock had the film... Um, a chase scene in it, mm-hmm. and everything like that. So you know, they bring the Porsche. He was supposed to like do the chase scene in a Porsche. Yeah. And apparently, there's footage of it somewhere. He couldn't do the scene because he's too big to get in the car. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah. He was. Too, it, there's video of him trying to get in the car, and he can't get in the car. Listen, I've sat in a Porsche before when I was in good shape, and I was uncomfortable. Yeah, but no, I wanted to throw that one out at you, Dan. But yeah, the Rock Gale and Ryan Reynolds so, in a movie. So, so Wonder Woman, Deadpool, and the Black Adam are going to be in a movie together. Finally, yes. sign me up. Yes. All right, so that'd be and great. That, ladies and gentlemen, is your nerd news of the month? <laughs> I, I, but just to, I just want to extend the Wonder Woman getting released digitally a little while. Um, and I know I'm creating people say, no, it's not going to be that. Everything will be fine. This is going to change movie going. Oh yeah, absolutely. If this is if this is a, a, a scintilla of successful as they are hoping it to be, and people do mm-hmm. it this way, you're going to see the business change. Uh, oh yeah, I already said, and I can only use uh, from personal experiences uh, third hand watching another business model change going to virtual. You're going to find out what can be done virtually and what can't be done virtually and what's going to save money and what's not during these times. And a lot of things fundamentally are going to change. Look at the WWE. There is no more house shows ever again. They're well, done. Well, not true. Not, to- not fully true. There's only certain ones. That they're going to do the New York Christmas show because they make money on that one. That's the one I take the kids to every, where we take the kids to every year. All right. So one. They're still going to do the New York Christmas show. Um, they're still going to do um, – They have to do WrestleMania. Not that they've settled. They're still going to do the Saudi Arabia thing. No, no, just house shows, untelevised events. Um, uh, and I think okay. there's one other one. They're only doing like two – Yeah, but like, those – I don't consider those house shows. I, cons- I consider them – Oh, and Mania, them, of course. I'm going to try to – Mania and Rumble Live. No, I, I consider those super cards or like um, special events. Those aren't house shows. The yeah. run-of-the-mill yeah. house shows on a Tuesday, Wednesday night. They're done. It's not coming back for the future. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently, like Vince had said even before this, before this, all yeah. this happened, he was trying to find a way to get rid of house shows anyway. I said this years ago that why are you spending uh, – I love house shows. Why are you spending money that you don't want to lose on shows that nobody, you're not making money on these? And, yes, as much as I shit on the billionaire that is Vince McMahon for things that – certain things that he's done and praise him for the other things that he's done, nobody wants to run a company that's losing money like that. 
That's a, that's a that's a multiple day a week you're losing money that you don't need. It's not like the even the late to mid mid to late nineties where you were still promoting a show. I'd go to a house show in the spectrum in the middle of May and it would be sold out. Yeah, it's not happening. Well, yeah, house shows house shows haven't been sold out in like years because no. I mean there's a lot of house shows with with Seth and everything like that. Even other than the, the Christmas ones where we just before we yeah. just said hey, and they were rarely, if ever, full. I also said that this is going to boost. When it comes back, it could be a hell of a shot in the arm for indie wrestling where they might change their business model and start running during the week, not always on the weekend. Like they, like they used to. Like, back, like back they in used to. Like Craig brings up every week when he tells about these shows that there is 5,000 at one arena and 10 at the other. And not necessarily all of them are NWA or WWE shows. And, and they were on like a Tuesday or Thursday night. Exactly. My old wrestling school used to hold Wednesday night shows every last Wednesday of the month like Nerd Herders. And it's booking about it in my book. Book. Uh, hey, you can find that on Patreon. Hey. I want to know what these bonus points are because I am fucking killing it. This is going to be – this. there's literally no negative from losing house shows. None. There's nothing. There's no yeah, there You could argue people who are like, well, I want to go to house shows. I'm like, well, that's wonderful. Go to the TV. I can thing. argue a point. There kind of is a lot. I can it. argue a point. Yeah. I'm not going to listen to any professional wrestler tell me I'm wrong. The only well, a primary negative impact that this will have is the fact that house shows is where the wrestlers test out new ideas to their gimmicks. It keeps their feet wet when they don't have time to go to the performance center to train. It's literally what keeps them in wrestling shape. And Fuck them. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so while it, while it has nothing to do with, you know, Vince's pockets and while it's smarter in the long run <clears> because fans aren't attending, it does negatively impact the roster. By the way, I just want to let you know that the chat is in on what book? Because Matt just said, what? <laughs> also, also, the, the, what the house show, uh, taking away the house show does, it takes away the merchandise that's being sold at house Matt, shows. No, the internet sells that. No, internet, I, I, I'll disagree what? because more people are buying off the WWF shot than they were at not going to house shows and buying them there because nobody was going. That's the one thing I'll say. They make a lot of money at the events. I host a podcast. I'm right. You're wrong. So because when you're at a house show, they only give you the merch that they want to push, though. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, they they were trying to remember going to shows. They were like selling shirts of people that weren't even on the card or weren't even on the roster anymore. And it's like, why are they selling Bella shirts? They're not even active for the last two years. All right. Let me make a slight amendment. There's nothing negative that could come. From the actual wrestling side of it, as far as putting on shows, uh, that will be negatively impacted. I think it'll be a boom for indie wrestling, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it'll be a boom for – I think it'll be a boom for the WWE because you have an expenditure you're not using anymore. Especially also, if you're finding a – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Damon. But, well, there is one thing, though, again, from an indie wrestler standpoint and, and seeing these house shows and knowing a couple of guys there and seeing it. There is one element that does kind of affect the performers directly as well that people don't get to see when it comes to the television show. In these shows, there are, you know, a lot of good matches, and occasionally there's a surprise thing that happens. But the one thing that the workers do on the, indie, uh, mm-hmm. on, on the house shows is 
they cut loose and they work them like indie shows and they have fun. They have a lot more fun. They're able to do the things that they can't do on TV. They, they, they can cut loose. They can be funny. They can do ha-ha spots and all that stuff. And that's really a good way for them to kind of cut loose and not have to be so scripted and serious all the time. And it shows in the work and in the matches when they get to do those things. And, again, as, an, as, as a retired worker, hmm. not being able to do that sometimes does suck. Like when I worked the ROH tapings and having to follow uh-huh. A through Z. Yeah. You know, but, like, working television versus working a non-televised show really is a different thing. And I learned that, like, big time. And, like, there are moments I had on indie shows where I was like, damn, that was hella fun because we got a lot of do a lot of goofy shit that still got over, and we got the crowd involved and it was funny, but it wouldn't work on something that was televised. Like putting my your PKE meter down your frights. Yes. Uh, I want to make a final amendment. Uh, nothing I said was accurate. It's all incorrect. I'm going to delete the tweet, and I retract the statement. Uh, <laughs> wrestling's dead, and this is going to further kill. No, I'm kidding about the second. Promise. <laughs> all right. So I'm anyway, gonna find that delete uh, that tweet though and delete it. Cause on to the on to the main topic. On to the main topic. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, it is something that we talked about on the very first rebooted episode, which was basically the announcement that G4 was coming back. Well, yesterday, last night, as nerds, we are thankful for the originators. The reason that any of us get to do what we do right now, because they were the first. They were, they, they were, the, they were the pioneers. They were the reason why all these podcasts and this, all these Twitch things exist, why there's such a boom. Last night was the official return of G4. And it answered the speculation, which we had was how was it gonna was it gonna be network television or anything like that. And it is in fact, it is in fact on YouTube. They have a YouTube channel and everything. And yesterday they had um they had because right now they have um they kind of have a, a telethon thing going on in a sense. It's called a gravython or something like that, where they're doing four days of live streaming straight and everything like that, all for good causes and everything like that. But it was um kicked off by their Thanksgiving reunion special, which was, again, if you haven't watched it, was freaking hilarious, spot on, so many feels. Now, we did mention at the beginning, though the host was good, though the host was good, this is where where it comes in that we shed light onto our very own Craig. I knew it was coming. I knew this This was coming. This guy, though funny, and I like that. Really seems like he stole his styling and everything directly from Craig. Absolutely. And we were like, all right, this guy is funny, but he's trying to be Craig, and there's only one Craig, and we got him. From the tonality to the mannerisms to the, the facial expressions, the humor, we're sitting really? here like, this is Craig. Oh, yes. Yes, that's you what you know Ron Funches is. If that's and that's cool. I mean, I, I'm a fan of of, of Ralph Funches, um, and I guess I'm too close because I've always been a fan of his. But if you looked at him and you saw me, or you think he was stealing from me, that is an an incredible compliment. No, uh, we're, we're wholeheartedly yeah, yeah. dead on. We were like, this is Craig. We're like this is Craig, like, this and is Craig cool. needs to be doing this because only Craig could be Craig. Yeah, and everything like that. Listen, I wanted Thank to you. say this, but it's weird coming from a white boy. Say it. No, I, that, that, what they just said. I okay. 
But but coming from a, a, a pale white man, it'd be like, yo, you can't say that. <laughs> no, I well, I did. I never took any exception. I never saw it as a. I don't take it as a. You know, if you were black, if you were white, you could say that, and if you're black, you could say that. Okay, well, Ron Punch, it seems like he's he, he, you and him and him or you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. He definitely – it felt like he was definitely I – mean, again, no no offense to him, and like, cause he, again, he was hilarious in it, but it was just like yeah. the whole time we watched it, as good as he, as he was, we just kept saying was, this needs to be Craig. Craig, <laughs> you're much better looking, though. Thank you. I've always thought that, too. And um, <laughs> I and every time I saw Ron Punch, and the thing is I uh, – I, I envy him so much because he's gotten to do so much of what I want to do, like hosting G4 and being on, on AP Bio and, you know, host. And uh, he interviewed one of my um, old old girlfriends on his YouTube show. She's a best-selling author. Her name is Angela Nissel. She was the executive producer for Scrubs. Uh, we dated, and he got to interview her. I haven't talked to her since she was on Scrubs. So he's getting to do all the things I want to do. So, um. I, it, it's just it, it's just hard because when I do get to that level, people say, "Oh, he's trying to be Ron Funches," and that's what's going to be hard. Oh it yeah, could be, it could be possible in the one instance that you did all the things he wanted to do. That's true. Yeah, you see what you did there, but yeah, thank you guys. I did. Oh no, absolutely. But like again, for anybody that didn't get to see it, um. Pretty much, again, it's 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 him kind of hosting. He, he creates this Thanksgiving reunion, and on it, of course, is uh, Olivia Munn, mm-hmm. uh, Adam Sessler, Morgan Webb, Morgan Webb, Kevin Pereira, Kevin Pereira, Blair Herder, Blair Herder, and, and uh, uh, she 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 hosted Victor- Victoria not Victoria Adams, but she she hosted she she Adams. I don't remember okay. her first name. She hosted. She hosted. Cheat. Um, we were actually, and then you know, of course, they had um, they had little video uh, messages from Chris Hardwick. So we were like, oh, oh nobody likes it. <laughs> uh, Chris Hardwick, Allison Hayslip, who I was so disappointed that she wasn't there. I was so disappointed. A couple other ones. Um, uh, although missing was um, Sarah Jean Underwood wasn't there, and I thought she was actually really good during her time on G Four. But the one that really kind of irked us that wasn't there was Blair Butler. Yeah. Like, Blair Butler wasn't there. And I was like, she she's, like the, she's like the franchise. She didn't show any yet. They didn't show any of her clips. Uh, also, the guy that used to do the DVD reviews um, on G4, on Attack uh, of the Show, he wasn't on yeah. either and everything. But it was really good. It was really funny. They they, they, they created a whole scenario and storyline. It felt like the old X-Play Attack of the Show where there was a story skit. They gave you, like, behind the thing, behind the scenes, kind of talk about certain things. But they also maintained being funny and staying in character, so to speak. There was, like, a whole thing behind it. And then, of course, what the news that dropped last night, which was after the special aired, was, as we all suspected, Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin, you know, Creed. Austin Creed, was announced as part of G4 now. The way that broke was in that episode and everything like that. And if you haven't seen that episode, in terms of his thing, kind of just kind of ends with him getting something. And he's like, what's this? And then it bleeds into the video that you saw online last night if you watched it, you know, with him at the briefcase and everything like that. But um, But overall, I mean, it was a great – it was a great thing 
to watch as a fan of just all the shows. Like, all the feels were there. also as, like, a retrospective because I'm sure, I mean, I know I wasn't expecting it, but I'm sure a lot of people did not expect Olivia Munn to yeah. participate. Because while G4 and Attack of the Show made her, she's a, a movie star. star she's a, mo- you know? she's a movie so, star. Yeah. yeah, and what was also nice was how in their own reflections of the show, they touched upon everything that every one of us has ever said about G4, about how it was, like, that it was the one thing that, like, burst down the doors for, you know, nerd culture. Female gamers. Female gamers, how they were just a bunch of kids that were bullied that now became bullies on the internet as they do. Now, they're the bullies, yeah, now they get to be the bullies. Yeah. And they're it, the ones with the power it, it now. Was, it was really nice to see all of them look at it from that point of view because, you know, a lot of people don't remain humble and have that humility anymore. And for them to acknowledge that and say, yeah, we paved the way, but we were just like you guys was absolutely and, amazing. And they give you, like, a lot of, like, there's a lot of moments that they talk about what it was like in the offices and where you think it's, like, this big extravagant thing in the offices, you realize, like, how nickel and dime they really were. Mm-hmm. Like, like, shoestring nickel and dime and doing the stuff that they did. Um, Essentially, if you, if you think, put it like, in the most modern terms I could think of for anybody watching and listening and whatnot, they are quite they are quite literally describing the old G4 offices and their shows as what we're all doing now. What we do now. Sitting in our rooms, streaming with, you know, no real professional background or no real scripts, just going at it, shooting the shit. And About just, video games and shit like and, that. And making something of it. And it's kind of inspiring. It really is. Because, like, and then it was cool because, like, they talked about how much it did for them moving on, like, Blair Herder talked about, like, once G4 closed down and he moved on to IGN and everything like that, like, when he got there, he was literally dumbfounded. He's like, he's like, you know, I came to G4 knowing nothing. I had no background. I had nothing. And then I jumped to IGN and stuff like that. And the first day I'm there, they tell me, you know, we're here because of what you and you, the people you worked with did. We exist because of what you did. And he was just, like, floored by that. Um Again, so the question was finally answered, though, as we had mentioned in the debut episode, is they're back. It's obviously in the YouTube format that they're going for. They haven't really made any announcements in terms of television shows or whatever like that. I think they're looking to obviously get past the Thanksgiving weekend like that. Um, we're going to pick it apart as we go. But um, definitely check. They've got a bunch of videos on their YouTube already, so definitely check it out uh, and everything like that. But, yeah, the first thing out of the gate we had to say was just, the, the whole Craig, the Craig thing. I was like, this is Craig. This Craig is Craig, Craig, man. This is, like, so good. Thank you. Hey, well, I'm glad you uh, you were watching something that remind, and something reminded you, something reminded them of, of me, and it was a I, good thing. I think so, we enjoyed it more once in our imagination. Yeah. We just imagined it was you. It's Craig now. Now it's just hey, Craig. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you, find, did you see anybody that could have been me, guys? <laughs> No? It's a hopeful look. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> me, guys. Hey, me, guys. Me, too. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you t- You could come play, too. You guys watching TV? You guys playing cards? <laughs> um, now, in terms of the Xavier Wood things, this is what we were going to get into before that. We didn't want to get into it. Now, though the Xavier Woods thing was seen a mile coming, that he was going to be a part of it, it all also kind of seems kind of like a bit of a hypocrisy 
in relation to the Zelina Vega issue and everybody else's issue, which is what we were going to get into. Yeah. So slightly. Yeah, because, um, you know, I mean, um, the whole the, – the big thing, which we can bring up because, I mean, it is a Twitch-related thing and it is pop culture. You know, the biggest thing is how, you know, uh, WWE superstars are no longer allowed to have third-party platforms, you know, such as Twitch or, or OnlyFans, et cetera. So while, while uh, Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed, plays ball enough with Vince and WWE, you know, by – Saying, yep, my pop, my channel is up, up, down, down, so popular, and I'm monetizing. Yes, you guys can have, you know, ownership of that and part of it. Like, he plays ball just enough, but it does come off as favoritism. Favoritism and, you know, hypocritical of them to say to other superstars, you can't do this for fun for fans and, and monetize off of it. But yes, Xavier Woods, go be a host. For G4. And racking every bottle of dime you can what get. You get. Give us some. It's totally cool. And it, it just, the timing of it could not be worse. It's like they just made they just made bank on that Undertaker thing for like a thousand. There was like 30 slots available. For the cameo, mm-hmm. yeah. For the cameo. It was a thousand dollars a pop with only 30 slots. And they sold out of all of them. All of them that they made bank on. So they made 30 grand in a day on Undertaker doing that thing. And again, how fair is that to everybody else? Because again, that does fall into what we were talking about earlier too, is they got percentage checks on that merchandise sold at house shows that they're not getting anymore. Yeah. And everything like that. That So where does that extra yeah. money come in? Yeah, Zelina Vega before she was let go, it was blatantly put she makes more money on Twitch than she does working for them. Yeah, and as does Yeah, and especially now, and we were talking about house shows going away because there's no more pay per views, which was also a big cash influx for all the all the wrestlers. Since there's no more pay per views, which means there's no more residuals. There's means all that money that you would get the biggest payoffs mm-hmm. on the pay per views is gone thanks to the network. So you're asking your workers who can supplement, who are trying to supplement their income. During a pandemic, when they can't work, when there aren't a lot of them aren't working every Monday and Friday night at the performance center, uh, that you're not allowed to do it uh, unless you use your real name and give us a cut. Mm-hmm. And and you know, so many people. I, I I've scoured you know the internet. I unfortunately sometimes read comments, which mm-hmm. is like the worst thing you can do for your mental health. Yeah. And. You know, so so many people, you know, fall onto that back end of, well, you know, they make enough money already, and it's like, oh, go fuck yourself. How salary works. You don't understand how that. Go fuck yourself. I hate that argument. I know, and it's it's a matter of okay, one, learn how salary works uh, to begin with, because not everybody is fortunate to work on salary, and if you're telling them they have enough money, then you obviously still get hourly pay, probably Mm. at less than the minimum wage. Yeah. Um, but. Again, not all of them make the money you think. There is your salary, yes, but these people also have to pay a mortgage. They also have to pay for their own health care because they're independent contractors and these do not have health care. And they're, as we all know as human beings, health care is expensive. When you are a wrestler, health care is all the more expensive because of injuries and surgeries. There is quite a possibility some of them are still paying off student debt. 
we don't know their situation. They're, they're they're whole, you, you haven't even talked about their hotel, all that. Yeah. And you, have, you haven't even mentioned the ones that have children. Exactly. I'm talking they're, just single. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking bare minimum everything. Mm-hmm. And, and for for them to factor in, oh, you can't make extra money on the side, based off of their own names and mm-hmm. the things that they've done outside, like Zelina Vega, she was always a cosplayer. You know, she did it before wrestling. She's using her real name. Those things should be hers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that one thing is no longer allowed, but another is – and so many other wrestlers were strong-armed into the new policy, yet their matter of Twitch was how they were connecting with fans during a pandemic, when there aren't house shows, when they can't do all their ass sessions or slap hands with, like, a 10-year-old ringside. This was their interaction. This was the means of keeping that connection mm-hmm. with fans that they no longer have. So money aside, all that is now gone. And also, like, okay, so we're using Xavier Woods as the prime example. And it's great. Again, he's a perfect fit. Absolutely. For I'm not taking that away from him at all. He's a perfect fit. This has been his deal for, like, ever. When I met him, he was, you know, before all this stuff. You know, he was always that guy. It is not a work. But also, there is another part of it that people don't realize, too, which is also seeming hypocritical. <laughs> that he found out as well is this is only – a ruling for main roster people. Yeah. NXT people can still do it. That's kind of a double standard. Yeah. Yeah. NXT is not seen, I guess, in that same category as the main roster. So Adam Cole and anybody else that's in NXT is still allowed to do what they're doing. just want to catch up on the chat real quick from Danny. It's another reason why the WWE still labels them as independent contractors so they don't have to pay into health care. If the wrestlers were treated like I am – oh, if the wrestlers were treated like I am with a contract in terms of salary, WWE would be getting tased left and right. Tyler Breeze and Baron Corbin are still on Patreon. Just just a few things to add to the conversation. Yeah. So there definitely seems to be some favoritism there. And, again, it seems like – you know, I know we were talking about the G4 thing, but there's so much to be said about Xavier being part of it. It is, yeah. And there really is. And, again, you know, up, up, down, down is huge for him. So, also, we don't know what WWE is getting out of that up, up, down, down thing either. Or is it all Xavier's? You know, like, you know, New Day just got announced this week as, you know, characters for Gears of War 5. Yeah. You know, like they're in Gears of War now, mm-hmm. the, the three of them. Henceforth, the outfits that they wore at, at the last event and everything. Yeah. So, again, you know, it's like – This is this is yeah. also why there was such a heavy influx, if anybody noticed, of so many uh, roster members getting YouTube channels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, you can monetize off of your content. Now, while they're still allowed to keep up their YouTube channels, monetization is now no longer a thing. They can't monetize off of it. Yeah, because Liv's got, like, a channel that's got a lot of followers. Ruby Riot's got one. Yeah, and everything. you know, Asuka and – you know, they, they're using that also as a means of get-to-know-me interaction, et cetera, et cetera, you know, to form that connection that's missing 
Mm-hmm. And again, all of these other outlets, I mean, you really can't call them social media platforms like a Facebook or a Twitter because it's more than that. You know, you get to know someone a little bit more when you're watching them cook a meal and just go off or, or run their farm or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Like Seamus has got the workout one now yeah, that he's or, had for over a year. Or, you know, play a game with them on Twitch because, oh, I didn't know that you were a gamer. And then while you're on Twitch, you're just shooting the shit. You know, it's like these are all forms of interaction. Again, something that is sorely missed right now yeah. with the current state of the world. And that's all being taken away. And it's not only affecting, you know, the wrestlers, it's going to affect your fan base. Yeah, because a lot of the wrestlers even came out and said, with the Twitch thing, they were putting the monetization aside because, yes, they were making some money on it. But also they were like, they all said this was extremely therapeutic for them personally, as well as their way of trying to help people as well, you know, to, to, to give back to people, to give them an outlet, to give them a platform to talk, even regardless of who they were, to, to talk and feel a part of something. And because it was, it was, it's, you know, depression has become such an easy yeah. thing to fall into right now and everything like that, you know, like, so this was like a big broader thing than just money for all of them as well. This wasn't about just money for all of them. You know, AJ mentioned it. Paige has mentioned it. She goes, it was as therapeutic for her as it has been for other people as well. Like, she said this saved her. She's like, I can't do what I love anymore. And I had this big hole. And now I have another way that I can be involved with everybody in another way that I love because I can't do what I love anymore. Right. You know, so this Xavier Woods thing, again, you know, trying to bring it back to G4, it's still, again, it's very cool, but again, it's also very hypocritical. And the question you guys particularly see any potential blowback towards him in terms of a fan following everything that, that are like, well, that's messed up. Paige can't do it. That's messed up. Zelina got fired for it. Do you think this is going to have some sort of a blowback in a negative way towards Xavier? Uh, no, just because of what you said earlier, Dan, the way he's played ball with uh, with WWE, and because the way he's been rewarded uh, for the company, he's been uh, he's been very loyal. He's always you know walked straight and narrow. Um, he he was upfront about his gaming stuff, so I don't think he's going to get a blowback on him since he's a major part of the WWE. Uh, well, I don't, I don't necessarily mean through the company. I mean through yeah. the fans. Like, do you think the fans are going to be like, like, dude, that's not fair? To him? Yeah. Well, as a whole, yeah. not to him per se. As a whole, they're going to be like, whole. that's that's messed up. That like you're getting to do it, and nobody else can. Yeah. 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 yeah well, I don't. I don't think he's going to get any blowback. I. I. It's, I think obviously fans will recognize that it is a it is a double standard, but. I don't think it would be to to blame him because yeah. if the WWE decides to take it away from from him and treat him like everyone else, then that's not going to be his fault either. So yeah. I don't I don't think he's going to get any negative blowback. But it it is it there is a double standard and it's definitely not fair uh, because if he's doing it, there should be no reason why Zelina is let go for doing the exact same thing that Xavier was doing. Yeah. The one thing I definitely see coming out of this in terms of Xavier personally, mm-hmm. I definitely see if this G4 thing grows enough, and, and, and it probably will, let's face it, because it's it G4. Is. We've wanted it for so long. Yeah. We've wanted it for so long. Like, this is literally, like, whatever he's got left on his contract, this will probably be it. Because from here, say, yeah. cause, cause his big thing is he said he wants, he's been saving his money and he wants – 
this whole up up down down thing and everything like that has been the uh, has been like the platform for him because he wants to open up his own gaming uh, developing company mm-hmm. and everything as well. He wants to open it. So this is just like I honestly think when it comes time to like, hey, here's your contract, and no matter what the number they offer him, he's gonna go. Sorry guys, yeah, I'm out. I'm done. I don't need to get hurt anymore. I'm done. I'll do like whatever. I'll work with you guys, but I'm not thoroughly resigning. I, I, that's my opinion. That's what I think. Yeah. I think this is definitely going to be his last hurrah and his way out. I I believe it when I see it because a lot of wrestlers have said that. Now, granted, a lot of for every wrestler that says I'm going to give it another two years, and if they say the same thing two years later, um, with with Xavier, he has more. Uh, going on to go for. Going on to go on, and because we he's got the that the up up down down. He's got his video game business, and we always gloss over the fact that the man has a PhD. He hasn't. He doesn't have to do any of this at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. He's just so, having fun at this point. Exactly. So uh, yeah, he's in a position to do that. So, but if he does that, I would be I I see him doing that. But I if he doesn't do it, I also wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. What do you think, Dan? I, I, I don't well, – I was letting everybody go. You wouldn't have to hear my big, loud mouth for, like, 20 minutes. Um, I don't know. I I don't – I don't understand why Vince gives a shit in the first place. It doesn't affect business as far as I know. It wasn't – certainly wasn't affecting Zelina's um, uh, work Never, never, never half-assed it on TV. Didn't look like it to me. Um, it's real hard to come out of this situation and do what they did with uh, Zelina after uh, and a week later. See what they see with Xavier and not go, man, Vince, you look like a billionaire, selfish prick, like you always have been. Um. I have nothing negative to say about the Xavier Woods thing. My only my negativity comes from if that's okay, then this should be okay. It yeah. does affect your standing. It it affects her standing with the WWE, not at all. Not at all. It didn't affect her until you were like, you can't do this. I have a major problem with that. Um, yeah, because I mean, if you think about it, okay, Xavier's schedule was pretty much busy as it was now. Yeah. Because yeah. while they were on the road. And everything like that, doing everything. He was doing these up, up, down, downs, like in the locker rooms, hanging out with the guys, and everything like that. In between, whenever they can get them done. But like now, it's like okay, now he's got to worry about the show. Now he's got to worry about up, up, down, down, and now he's got to worry about doing whatever he's got to do with G four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like this guy is like never going to see sleep <laughs> for Lord knows how long now. Xavier doesn't need the WWE. Uh, the WWE needs Xavier, as far as I'm concerned, more than he needs them. Oh, but yeah, I, I, I have a real problem sw- um, stomaching this whole thing with how it went down this last week. Yeah, I mean, huh? I, I just it doesn't it doesn't make any sense that you it, unless it's the money thing. You there's not one reason that anybody has given me that that happened the way it did. Not one reason that that sat well with me that was like, well, this is why Vince did it, without me going, well, he's an asshole. Well, I can give another reason, actually. But the result is still the same in that Vince is an asshole. Because if if we go back (laughs) mentally, 
it's actually similar to Zack Ryder grabbing the brass ring by taking upon himself to find the creative outlet of YouTube, create Long Island Z and, you know, the true Long Island story and all that, which was gaining a lot of popularity, gaining him a fan base. Huge. To which Vincent Creative had to concede. For 24 hours. For 24 hours, (laughs) give him a big shine, only to take it right away. It almost feels similar to that because, you know, Zelina – was just doing her thing, managing wonderfully, might I yeah. say. Also. She was a manager. You know? Amazing manager. But one of the best that's ever come down the pike. But, like, one of the main focuses was not her. It was Andrade. Mm-hmm. And in her stepping out and doing this and gaining a fan base, you know, creative was going to have to start pushing her more. And it just seems like they did the same thing, where it's like, okay, well, let's put you in a few matches. Let's give you a few more spots. No. Yeah, but that's still uh, – but that goes back to why wouldn't you push her more? I agree, but we all know how this world works. The better the less, might... I, the better, the less I say about this whole thing, the better. It's not going to – it'll just get nastier. Okay. Yeah. Granted, but, it, it, I mean, again – we all knew Xavier Woods was going to get it, and this is nothing yeah, negative towards Xavier Woods. This is a great position for him. He was actually made for Oh, him. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think he's going to add such a great element to G4. Oh, yeah. You know? And I, I think the one thing I, I, I can say is probably the only reason why they're allowing it because he's obviously, out of everybody that's doing it, he's the biggest and most successful. Yes. Without a doubt. You know, he's hosted cons and all that stuff. And the only way I could see them do it is since he is so successful, up, up, down, down, and everything he's done, you know, Comic-Cons and all that stuff, is because they feel like he's kind of like that ambassador bridge to yes. them to potential new fans. Whereas, yes, the other ones are gaining followers or whatever like that, but that's gaining followers in their eyes just for them. Whereas Xavier's literally that bridge where, like, because every time they bring him on, they even when they did it last night, they said, WWE superstar Xavier Woods, whereas everything else doesn't do that. that. That's something that's going to blow up in WWE's face because you will sooner get wrestling fans that are also gamers over to G4 than you will get a video gamer to go, you know what, I'll check out wrestling. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work the same way. It doesn't go the same way, but I I think they're looking at Xavier as possibly pulling in fans that didn't have. That's not going to work. It's going to go the opposite way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you think wrestling fans are fickle, let me tell you something about gamers. (laughs) 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 I think Xavier has even said that at one time or another. It's like, wrestling fans are two different things. And the other side of that, Dan, if you think wrestling fans are loyal, let me tell you about gamers. Uh Also, just as loyal. So. Oh, it's it's like the Assassin's Creed thing right now. My friend was telling me about. My friend Gary was telling me he's, he's like he's like all right. First, people complain that a game is too short. Now they're complaining Assassin's Creed Valhalla is too long. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? I made the observation the other day about GTA Five where people were like, "We need a new game." It's like, hold on. All, and I do this too. All we do is bitch about how well they push the same game over and over and make me pay for it all the time. Here's the game that's literally not making you pay for uh, a brand, uh, uh, like a whole brand new game, and you're, you, and you're bitching about it. Yeah. Well, it's like an article just came out today too in, in, in regards to Cyberpunk. One of the developers has been playing the game. Mm. He's already logged in 
he's playing it on the hardest level, but he's being very meticulous with it. He has already logged in 175 hours on Cyberpunk, and he hasn't even finished it, finished the game yet. Ooh, can't wow. wait. <laughs> 175 I'm on hours. Board. I'm on board. Make it last. Make again, it last. Like, Never mind. So, again, so that's the gamers thing, you know. It's like, when they're, but now, all right, so to jump it back to the G4 thing, okay, we've, we've spent quite a bit on this whole Xavier Woods WB thing. Let's get back to G4. Okay, so now we know it's going to be a YouTube platform. So then right away after we finish watching it and enjoying and loving the fucking nostalgia and everything like that and the clips, mm-hmm. now it's like, now the next question is, is like, one second. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving. 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 Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get that? He hates cameras. He doesn't like being onto anything. But the minute he sees the camera on, he's like, "Hey, geez, where'd you get that from?" I know, right? But um, so now it's like, okay, so now I'm sure you talk about that in your book too. Anyway, what? I'm not yet. I will be. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, so now it's like, okay, now the next question we had was, okay, so is this going to be just like spot videos? Are they going to have television shows? Like, like is X-Play going to come back? Is Cheek going to come back? Is AOTS going to come back? Because there was no mention of anybody coming back. They just said this was a reunion special. So, you know, we don't know if Kevin's going to be involved or not. Like, the only one that we know is definitely involved is Adam Sessler. Adam Sessler, because he's like the head of the whole thing right now. We know Adam's involved. So we know we're going to have Adam there. So we don't know if anybody else is coming back and reprising the spots. We don't know if there's going to be shows in particular because they haven't gone that far ahead. Now, do you guys see any of these shows coming back and being successful on a YouTube platform? Or do you see them just doing short videos, news bits, similar to like an IGN or something like that? Yeah, I, I think it'll – they'll. the fact that G4 found an audience – on the on the channel that a lot of people didn't even know existed, uh, means that yes, they will find an audience on uh, on YouTube. And like I said earlier about, you know, wrestling fans being loyal, gaming fans are just as loyal. So if you bring back any semblance of G4 on any type of platform that is available to the masses, they will find it, and they will look for their favorite shows, even if it doesn't have their favorite hosts, because this is what We've been missing, you know, um, especially now, and I can't stress this enough, during a pandemic, if you're bringing back something that, you know, because we're so, we're used, us, we're used to being locked up in our houses playing video games for hours on end. That's our wheelhouse. For everyone else that's just discovering this, like, oh, my God, I can play video games, and there's shows about video games that I can watch. How long has this been on? Um, I think this will definitely uh, will lead to, uh, the G the G four show is coming back, uh, and it doesn't matter if it's on a YouTube channel or on a on a network channel. Um, mm-hmm. There'll be a, there'll be a place for them. Man, I'm gonna have to admit, I was uh, I was bored. <laughs> I was really bored, and I'm what? Sorry, I know I'm sorry to say that I'm like I, I'm I'm not out yet. I'm not tuning out yet. I want to see what they do, but. Um, first of all, Adam Sessler, that that stuff is hilarious. The Adam Sessler stuff is great. Crazy Adam, I'm a, I'm up for that. 
I'd be okay if they just did short videos like IGN or Inside Gaming or things like that. Um, I don't know if I have the time to commit to the old days of G4. That's also another factor in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until they announce what the final uh, form when they final form it. Yeah. I'll, uh, but but I watched it. It was fine. But I was like, I don't know, I, I don't know how to feel yet. I don't know. <laughs> my my only question with it all is, yes, it is G4. Yes, they're going to gar- garner all of their old fan base, probably some new fan base. But at the end of the day, how are they going to still stand apart from Basically, the same exact content Mm -hmm. that is all over YouTube or all over Twitch and Vimeo right now. Stuff that they did, yes, start. But now, you know, they left it. And now they're jumping back into it. How are they going to stand out from the rest? What are they going to offer old fans and new fans? You know? I'm thinking... Well, one, okay, the one factor that I've started thinking about as we were discussing this, and even after I put the question out was, like, the one thing they mentioned yesterday was they essentially put YouTube on the map. YouTube was around for how long until they started doing those around-the-net bits. And then it wasn't until Twitter. And and Twitter. They put uh, YouTube and Twitter really on the map. They really did. And it's especially with the the around-the-net bits. Because, yeah, YouTube back then was something like, we okay, we clicked on it once in a blue. Mm-hmm. Now YouTube's like a thing like everybody's on almost daily. And I know a lot of people that watch you like when YouTube just had that big crash like a week or two ago, people oh were flipping out because yeah. they don't watch network television. They watch YouTube I at remember, night. I are like, well, what's on TV right now? What's yeah, like, like everybody. So mm-hmm. this is the other thing now, too, because YouTube also, remember, they still do paid programming. And the one fear I'm starting to think about as we were talking about this was, okay, yes, they have the short bit videos and everything like that. But what if, okay, they bring back X-Play and they bring back AOTS and they bring back Cheat, but they turn out to be paid subscription programs to watch like Cobra Kai was and everything like that. Oh, Does anybody see YouTube taking advantage of it in that respect where it's like, yeah, here's those little videos, but if you want to watch the shows, you got to monthly subscribe to YouTube. Does anybody see that happening? I almost expect it to happen. Yeah. I expect that's where it's going to go, yeah. You think you're going to have to pay to watch the actual show? Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. Because if if you don't and you're on YouTube, that's not going to get me to watch over Funhouse at this point. That's not going to get me to watch over Inside Gaming. I've already had that void filled. Mm -hmm. No pun intended. Um, Go ahead. What I could see them doing... Is starting off with a bunch of YouTube videos that are normal to watch, free to watch, gain that fan base, monetize just enough so that they can then start their own personal streaming service, like the G4, like G4 TV, kind of like the, the, the like HBO Max, like Hulu Network, XX and Peacock, like have them literally yeah. start their own streaming network. Yeah, and then they can be, be paid for, and it. they'll be fully in control versus yeah. having to listen to a YouTube or listen to a network. Yeah, television. I hope they have the patience because it's going to be a hard sell these days. Uh-huh. Yeah, I really, I Definitely. really do think. I hope it works out, but I think it's going to be a hard sell. Yeah, it, and that's the thing too. It's like you know, again, yes, they were they were the pioneers. They started it, but now they've also created their own competition. But though, also nobody's done it as big as them and everything like that. 
And the one thing I was thinking about, too, like in terms of, you know, we've asked, you know, who's returning, who's returning. But also in Adam, in Crazy Adam's video, you know, they're looking for hosts. So that kind of tells you right there also that they're not bringing everybody back either. So it's just like, okay, is this a one-and-done, one-off for some of these people? Are some of them going to be back? Or are they going to transition it slowly? slowly? I'll be the new Olivia Munn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good nose pipes. Nom, 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 nom. Yay. <laughs> and I don't think we'll have any problem with you jumping into a uh, a big uh, – pool, blow up pool of pudding. Any kind of food is at all? No, not at all. Yes. <laughs> and you could also be married to Jake in Vegas. And here's the thing. Okay. Uh, he, he's funny. Uh, here's the thing. I'll also jump in uh, back first instead of knees first. <laughs> yeah. That was, that look, that was and, and I'll wear the whole maid outfit. Ooh. I knew you would wear the maid outfit. I knew you'd wear the maid outfit. There was no question. The dress, the dress. Come on. I I, just, I knew there was going to be no question of you wearing the maid outfit. Come on now. And we all know Craig's got better suits than the last night's host. Yeah. What do you, what do you see next week's suit? Next month's suit. Oh. For our last for our last show of the year. Oh, oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Birthday suit, New Year's suit, birthday suit. Yep. You got it. Oh boy. Sweet. We well, already well you I have no doubt it's gonna be amazing because you without a doubt stole the Halloween episode. Oh my god. You without a doubt stole the Halloween episode. That was epic. Thank you, sir. I'm no wrong there punches, was, but no, I do my best. I mean you know, I don't I don't wear pants doing these, so I'm halfway there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I after like I definitely see them trying to go their own streaming thing because again, let's face facts. Network television is dying. That's why we're not seeing a lot of hit sitcoms or anything like that. Even, even like after Game of Thrones left, and literally, I would say more so after Game of Thrones left, and now with Walking Dead reaching its hiatus and Supernatural, like all the epic shows that that were pulling in ratings have left or are now officially leaving. Mm-hmm. Nothing new has really been hitting. Like, they already, um, I know Black Lightning is already, uh, shutting down. Mm-hmm. That one's been canceled. Uh, I forgot, a, a couple one, of them. There, yeah, the, you just mentioned, like, before we got on the air. Yeah, like, a, a couple of them have already been, like, shut yes. down. Already, yeah. because network television is dying, mm-hmm. without a doubt. I mean, you know, Disney Plus is booming, especially now with the new season of Mandalorian. Like, they're crushing it right now, and everything like that. And, and and plus, when it does come to the streaming services, like, the best one I can use is HBO Max, because you can watch the current show that they have there, like, you know, the, the biggest one right now being Watchmen, but it's also where they're like, this is where you can find our old shows, find our old shows. And they're, like, really banking on what was. Yeah, which is why, I like, it. I also find it's part, not full, part of the reason why um, Penny Dreadful the new one didn't succeed was well one again it was like a lot of people were kind of disappointed because they were like okay this is not what we were thought what we we're going to get but also again people are just not tuning in anymore because there were multiple times like when we, we had set it to record we were like oh shit we missed recording it yeah whereas now it's just like dude streaming service i can watch it, it at our leisure I, it, it came out this week i could watch it when it, like we're still like i think one or two episodes behind on mandalorian yeah Okay. But we, we can watch them when we watch them and still catch up and not worry about it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, 
streaming is where it's at right now, and I honestly think, like... so much pressure is in life. The last thing anyone's worried about is the pressure to, i got to start this show on time. i got to make sure all my stuff is done so I can sit down and watch this show uninterrupted. And, 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 and again, that, it's like what Dan was saying, too, and Xavier Woods kind of, like, said it in a really cool little speech uh, at the end of, uh, towards the end of the, of the special was, the one thing that will be missing, in a sense, on that G4 is, if you go back to the days that we did watch G4, it literally was like Xavier was. He goes, you know, I was that kid in school that got bullied. I was that one that had to hide. I was a gamer. I was the one that had to hide all these things or feel like an outcast and all that stuff. And I would have a horrible day, a terrible day. And I would get home, and I knew G4 was there. And i flip it on. And my day was a whole lot better because here were people that I could relate to that made me feel good, that it was okay to be me and everything like that. <clears throat> and it's different than logging because G4, you know, you had to turn it on at a certain time or you missed it. Yeah. Whereas now, again, streaming TV, it's like, okay, I can put it on whenever I want. So you don't have that feeling. It's kind of like the Christmas morning feeling. You, know, you wake up on Christmas morning, it's like, ooh, you know, or waiting for that favorite show like we used to. Whereas if Christmas was every day, it's like, Okay. Yeah, where it's like, again, like, when you can watch it at, at your leisure, it takes that anticipation and excitement away because it's there whenever you want it, whereas opposed to, like, holy shit, 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock, you know, it's, turn it on, turn it on, turn it on, turn it on. It's that's how the, we used to be. Yeah, well, it's what the Cartoon Network did for Saturday morning cartoons. Saturday, it's Saturday morning yeah. the only time you could see your favorite cartoons. Now they're they, when they made a network out of it, twenty four seven, three fifty five. Saturday mornings didn't work Saturday mornings anymore. It wasn't an event. It oh, wasn't that was the other one I meant. Yeah, it's like yeah. when they made it's like when they made the Wizard of Oz available on on VHS. It used to be it would come on once a year, and that would be the event. So they put it on VHS, you put it anytime you want, and no longer an event. Not in the exactly. Yes. That I still hold on to, actually. I have because I have the Wizard of Oz DVD, but I don't watch it. I wait for it to, to come on for TV. It's first airing on TV. Christmas Story. Christmas Story. Christmas yeah. Story. We do the same thing with a Christmas Story. Rudolph. I, Rudolph, yep. There are certain movies mm. that we do own, but we will not watch them. Yeah, we own them to own them, Yeah, but yeah. they still don't get touched. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. The yeah. Quick story about my dad. Um, his favorite movie was Magnificent Seven. All the time. That's all he watched. It's what I was weaned on, growing on. When it came out on VHS, I gave it to him for his, his birthday. And he would call me when I would talk to my mom. He'd say, he, Sonny, guess what's coming on tonight? And I said, what? Magnificent Seven. It's on the late movie. I said, I said, Pop, you own that. Because yeah, but it's coming on tonight. Uh, and when, it's different. Yeah, we do the same thing. It's, it's, it's when, totally when he, different when it's on TV. When he passed, when we were going through his effects, guess what I found? Still in the wrapper, completely untouched. Magnificent Seven. He is copied. We, um, we do that with um. We do that with um the wedding singer. Uh huh. We yeah. do that with the wedding singer. We do that with employee of the month. We have them both. Yeah. But it's not the same one less on television. Yes. It's just like no, it's on. Like I'll text him. There's a wedding singer on right now. I have a I have a employee of the month. I I have a uh, yeah employee. You shut your mouth about a point a month. No, what? Ever speak ill of Dane Cook? Are, are you talking about the Dane Cook movie? Yes. I love that movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> I love, but nobody else does, so when you said that, I was like, 
The Dane Cook movie? I would say you charge up. I'm going to come over and cook you. Oh, I love that movie. It's just a, I've never met anybody else who actually saw the goddamn thing. We quote that movie. Oh, we quote that movie all the time. Oh, I we love that, that movie. movie. Hell yeah. Okay, uh, I found the other person that bought the copy. I forgot okay. again. Okay. <laughs> Quick with a joke in the light but, of the Yeah, like certain movies, it's like, it's not the same. But uh, getting back to the G4 thing, I think that's going to be that's gonna be a big missing element of it that did garner G4's success. Was that that nerddom ex- daily excitement and anticipation of, I've had a shit day, whatever the case may be, or just the excitement in general of, all right, yeah, here it comes. You know, there would be no American Ninja Warrior without the Ninja Warrior airing on G4. You know, there would be none of that. And that anticipation, that that's that I think that was a big key factor to their success because you had to watch it when it was on. Yep. And that's going to be a big – and also, again, I think what's going to be a big challenge for them is the fact that they've also created the monster. They're, they're the Dr. Frankenstein. They've created – Frankenstein's monster, though, where it's just like, again, nerd culture is the thing now, to the point where cool people pretend to be in it and pretend to wear glasses. Oh. You know, women show up at Comic Cons that know nothing, or whatever, and they'll they'll wear the most elaborate costume and everything like that, most revealing costume and everything like that, just to get noticed. But they know nothing about what they're wearing, just so they can get noticed. And that's, that's like, a, I think another thing that's going to be a big hurdle to come over is nerd culture's in now. It's no longer the non-in thing, and it's a select group. Now it's, it's, it's global. <laughs> it's globally cool to be the nerd. You know, so it's like, those are two big hurdles they've got to get over. Great. That's a great, got a Blu-ray, Dan. That's great. Yeah, goddamn, I went HD with it, baby. <laughs> oh, there it is. But yeah, I, I think those two hurdles are going to be huge for them as well. It, it's just getting over the fact of that nostalgia is gone, but also, again, it's not a select group anymore. Right. And I think that's going to be a huge hurdle to get over. Huge. The worst part of this movie is Jessica Simpson. Everybody else is great. <laughs> she was great in it, too. <laughs> oh, no, no she, she's fine. I'm just saying, I was like, oh, Andy, you know. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Any any other thoughts in terms of like hurdles they might have to get through or whatever, like or whether you think whether you think the opposite or whatever. No, I think they're fucked. <laughs> I, I think I think there's gonna be I think I don't think it's a hurdle, I think it's a mountain. Uh-huh. That's I don't it's know what like, else to say. It, there is so much other content out there that even all the points we just made, it's gonna be difficult to find that crowd again that left they're gonna have a heart die hard like i'm gonna check it out see what happens of course you guys are gonna check it out and see what happens oh yeah absolutely but man that's an ask it's a huge ask right now i said exactly. ask, not ask by the way you know what? It, believe it or not it falls into what i was saying about the aew video game how this right now it, it, it the g4 is it's a niche yeah banking on nostalgia and loyalists but there are so many other subgenres of fans, new fans, that you've got to try to grab in as well. And it's so broad that it's like, how are you going to get it? And, as, and I hope they don't try to fix the problem through big budgeting. Yeah. Because that's not going to fix the problem because it's like, okay, well, everybody else is doing it, but the one thing we have that nobody else has got, money. And the problem is to me, like, that – 
takes away from the organic feel of what it was or anything that's created that's good. Is that because the moment you just delve it into money, because then then it's 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 now it's manufactured and you're forcing it. It's no longer organic, and that feeling won't be there. And I just hope they don't rely on money to get them back to being number one, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I agree. Great. I, no, I agree. I I thought it was apropos and a perfect point that didn't need uh, any addendum. And, uh, addendum <laughs> You know. So again, it's all a wait and see. But again, you know, like to, from, from yesterday all the way to the 28th, they have like a like a like a marathon thing going on and everything like that, and it's all for like good causes. Some of it's like to feed hunger and, and homeless and all that stuff. They have a lot of really cool stuff, and they're actually getting like other streamers slash Twitch people, podcasters involved and everything like that, and they're being a part of it. Adam's on it a lot and everything. Adam's definitely the main one doing all this because all the videos are around him with a couple of spots here from Kevin, whatever, but it's mostly Adam that's behind it. So I really don't even know if anybody else is going to be back. I least bring Kev back. I don't think Kev's doing much. Like, we know Blair is busy doing his yeah. thing. We know Olivia's, I, I know Olivia Munn's got like a show, another show coming around or something like that. Everybody's got a thing, but like, I gotta bring at least one or two people back along with some, whatever new hosts that they bring. Like these four. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. I'm talented at something. I don't know what. With with hilarity and coffee. Mm -hmm. And pork roll. Hey, man. Nerd herders. Again, we sound like a broken record because everybody else said it, but we said it first. After that, we were one of the first. We exist because they left. Yeah. Exactly. Stay gone, you bastards. No. We can't. We fill holes. It's like the adopted parents leaving their kids in an orphanage only for them to show up 30 years later and go, hey, hey, we heard you're famous now. Give us your money. (laughs) Bobby, it's me. Your dad, Roberto. I seen you on the ESPN. (laughs) I did that too good today. You did. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, God. We can be partners. We can be partners like Tiger Woods and his daddy. He even got the head tilt thing going. What the fuck is wrong with you? There's your daddy, so handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I do all these caricatures way too well. Caricatures are really good in person. Caricatures. Okay. I, I should dress like one. Oh my god, we should totally do the water boy and Feruza Walk as Halloween one year. <gasps> I'm so down. Sometimes. All of a sudden, I have 90-some cousins. <laughs> I'm so down for that. <laughs> I, I will totally be a water boy. I will totally be take, a water boy. Take it, Craig. Uh, and on that note, and, you know, just like to paraphrase, I will be your huckleberry. Damien will be your water boy, uh, gentlemen and ladies. Uh, <laughs> we have exhausted all our uh, our conversation about G4. Uh, uh, about uh, and then some convention, uh, Wonder Woman '84, and other various topics we talked about dancing in and around the professional wrestling and landing back in what we love the most, video games. Uh, at some point though, we do have to to discuss what book that uh, has been talked in and around this entire night. Uh, my favorite uh, former female professional wrestler. 
uh, and soon-to-be author, is currently penning her wares and uh, peddling out for all to see. We mentioned YouTube quite a bit. You can find her on YouTube under Foxy Fox because uh, she was a, once a wrestler, always a wrestler. So I can only promote you so much and, you know, plug the shit out of you, but it'd be Whoa. much better if you, if you plug the shit out of yourself. It's a different show. So I will turn it over to the woman who put the fox in Foxy Foxy. DJ, it's all you. I'm so much better at this when I'm not speaking and I'm just behind the keyboard. <laughs> you can do it. Okay. You can do it. <laughs> Pretend you're behind the as keyboard. Craig, as Craig mentioned, I am Foxy Foxy, former independent professional wrestler, wrestling manager, referee, and ring announcer. And ring crew. And ring crew. Oh, my God. I also write. I am now writing my wrestling autobiography. For more information on that, you can check out my YouTube page, youtube.com slash foxyfoxy, F-O-X-Y, F-O-X-X-Y. My blog, which is vivafoxyfoxy.blogspot.com, as well as following me on any social media platform of choice, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, and Instagram, at vivafoxyfoxy. You can also join my Patreon page to help support editing fees for when the manuscript is finished. It is almost done with the first draft. That's patreon.com slash foxyfoxy. That is F-O-X-Y, F-O-X-X-Y. The book features wrestling, wrestling stories, love, drugs, depression, and a whole lot more. And fucking. (laughs) Oh, not in great detail, but... Implied. Implied. I do mention that I have an above-average husband at certain points. No, but I will. Yes. To add another chapter. Uh, Perfect. And I'm looking forward to Chapter 13, The Broken Toe Story. Uh, Thank you (laughs) so much. But also, also again, you know, not doing this – I'm not doing this as her husband. Um, I'm not doing this as her best friend. Uh, the one thing when I repost it that I kind of try to put in there and again, and it's true, before meeting her, the stuff that I had heard about, but also in the ride with her on the portions I was with and the things that I did see that are not in front of the curtain, it's behind the curtain, the stuff that it's, again, it's, the wrestling is, you know, the platform. Yeah. But it's everything else. It's 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 the growth of the individual, finding your identity, the things that she went through, battled through, and everything like that. I'm trying not to give any of it away. Things you didn't even know about so recently. Things you didn't know about so like there there's so much mm-hmm. that you know some of you have heard things about wrestling, what happens behind the scenes, but it delves a lot darker than that. And again, the great thing about this is. This is from a perspective where she doesn't have to respect the company by putting something out there. She doesn't have to worry about burning a bridge. She's giving it to you as plain as day. Those bridges have been renovated and replaced already. Yeah, because like, there's nothing to – there's nothing – there's no worry about burning bridges or anything like that because it's it's – she can be fully honest about it in her ways and, her, and this is not a this is not a, a, a former wrestler or retired wrestler or a legend telling somebody 
and they're writing it. This is directly from her. And again, the stories that you will hear, the things you will hear behind it are just absolutely amazing. And, and it's from a reader standpoint, it's amazing. But also, again, this is going to be a read for people that need this, male or female, you know, transgender, anybody that battling depression, battling chemical dependencies, like all, all sorts of things, you know, finding your identity, which even people that are grown adults are, have, have a hard time doing their 40s, 50s, finding their identities. You know, this is going to be a hell of a read across the board. So even if you're not a wrestling fan, this is also a life book. And I'm telling you guys, again, this is not any form of favoritism. This is going to be a story to be heard. It's the truth. Oh my god! Well, no, no, I have only known you for half a year, uh, Veronica, and I'm using your government name. Um, but I wanted, but I wanted to tell you that uh, doing this uh, endeavor is obviously not easy. Anytime you have a chance to tell your story, because I, I firmly believe that everyone has a story to tell, and you've worn many hats and you've gone down many roads, and I always found professional wrestling, professional wrestlers as a whole. Uh, is a different breed of person. Not everyone can do what you do, obviously. Uh, if it was easy, every, anyone could do it. Uh, but you stand apart because you not only did it, but you did it well. And like I said, you wear, you wore many hats. What I want to say to you, uh, to piggyback on top of what your uh, husband uh, said, that no, no matter how this comes out, and he didn't have to sell it to me because I was going to buy it anyway, but I'm incredibly proud of you. Seriously, and everything you've done uh, and everything that you will do uh, going forward as an author, but uh, as a wife and a mother and uh, just a person who uh, is very passionate about what she does, whether it is being a wife, a mother, a wrestler, or a gamer, um, I'm incredibly proud of you for what you've done so far and what you will be doing, and it's an honor to know you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's <cutting> over <laughs> This is sick. She's totally not used to stuff like this. I'm not, and you guys don't understand how much I needed to hear something like this. Hey, Foxy. Yeah, it's been a rough week. Hey, Foxy. Hi. You're, you're, all, right. you're all right. <laughs> you're all right. Yeah. Bringing it back down to earth. Dan Calachico, ladies and gentlemen. Please we smack you back down to earth. You're okay. You're okay. You're, you're all right. No, I went – I went. There, there's a reason why I went to you for speaking out, and there's a reason why that I'm very happy this book is coming out. There's a lot to tell that people are going to be like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Quite frankly, I'm looking forward to the ashes. <laughs> oh, honey, so am I. Yeah. Okay, well, everyone was plugging. Can everybody else do their plugging now? All right, so well, actually, you do the plug stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I I plugged everything I did. Now she did, she did plug. As soon as I get off this phone call, I'm gonna plug. All right, well, anyway, uh, as far as me, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at dvargus eight zero two. I am working on kind of a, like a project deal. If you've been following him on Instagram, you kind of see what's going on there. So. Um, just stay tuned. I can't put too much out of it. But uh, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, it's in the vein of the Dump Smashes, but it's also very personal uh, in the sense where, like, you know, I've been battling anxiety. I've been battling depression like that. And it's putting a uh, creative and comedic spin on it. Uh, so I just have to wait and see as I put more details out on that. Uh, of course, I'm on Facebook. And, of course, follow us on Nerd Herders.
Next. <clears throat> Go ahead, Dan. Uh, I have a new uh, – great. Come to me. Fuck it up. Uh, I have a new trailer for the channel up. I would very much appreciate it if you went to it uh, at uh, and watched the other videos at youtube.com slash danl83, which you will find this finished project. Uh, and uh, on all social media platforms at danl83. I got nothing else right now. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, I can, I can uh, see your nothing and double that. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at ronfunches.com. <laughs> it's, it's pronounced Ron Funches, but it's spelled Craig Lagan, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. Um, and if you're also in tune of to uh, comic book stuff, uh, from March of this year, you can go, go to my other uh, podcast called Comic Book Gurus. I'm hoping to be back in the studio uh, in March, so it'll be a full year from the time I did my last podcast to uh, the new one. You can find that on WMMR.com. Uh, for Foxy Fox, uh, for Damien Dragon, Dan Kalachico, I wanted to say to uh, to Dame, first of all, uh, can you see me? Are you are you there? I see you. I okay. see you. You're my nerd herder. You're my nerd herder. Dan? You're yeah. You're my nerd herder. You're my nerd herder. Fox? Love. Can you see me? Perfectly clear. Okay. Um, if you can see me, uh, you're my nerd herder. You're my nerd herder. Oh, my <laughs> God! I didn't, I, know. I didn't know if you could see that, but thank you. Oh, my God. For all four of our nerd herders, it's been our time of the month. We are bleeding out necessarily. We need... uh. To stop the flow, um, probably see a doctor. Um, thank you all for joining us, either on Twitch, on chat, for listening to us, Gab. We'll see you a month from uh, the last week, last Wednesday in December, for our final show of the year. Uh, holiday episode. Holiday episode, year-end wrap-up special. Um, uh, tomorrow, as we tape this, it is Thanksgiving tomorrow. We are thankful for you. We are thankful to be in good health. Um, a, a more than a quarter of us can't celebrate Thanksgiving this year, so hug your loved ones uh, from a social distance, wear your mask, wash your hands, uh, let's beat this thing so we can see and touch each other in the coming year. Uh, for Craig Lagans, Foxy Fox, Damian Dragon, Dan Kalachico, this has been Nerd Herders, and uh, we'll see you next month. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, this is a Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Kaku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and 
Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cotney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out, WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro, talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, yeah, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.